Be sure to get here early to catch up on what's movie and entertainment. And for life-changing tips, tricks, and amazing giveaways, subscribe to my free newsletter at MariaMenunos.com. I'm Maria Menunos. See you next time on Newbie. Hello and welcome to Ramjack and the Adventure of the Proletarian Masquerade. Hi everyone. I'm Alex, and joining me today in the Ramjack studio is our good friend and our co-host, Brad. Hello, citizens. Brad, citizens, um, I'd like to wish everyone a belated Happy Chinese New Year. I realized, I mean, we've known this, but I guess we've never actually thought about it. What if next year, it's, it's maybe too late for this year. Right. What if next year is the year of the nonstop holiday season? Whoa. Because if we go if we go international with this, we probably have a holiday every month, every week, every time we record. Wow, that that's gonna take a lot of planning. That takes a lot of planning. We're gonna need some interns, some unpaid interns. Uh, heavy on the unpaid. Heavy on the unpaid intern. Lots of experience. We're gonna need though. lots of unpaid interns and lots of paid sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, are you in college and you just want to have a nice, like, gig? We're not paid, but you get to contribute to society, you get cultured, and you get to hang out with two pretty cool people. Every once in a while, you know, other people is welcome on the show. Um, they're awesome. How, think about an internship at Ramjack. Hey, are you a sponsor? Brad, how many listeners do we theoretically have? You don't have to give me exact numbers, just, is it a lot? Lots. Lots, not even a lot, lots. Lots, plural. Hey, interns, come hear our voices. Your voices might get heard. Hey, sponsors. <laughs> We're ready for you. Ready. Um, uh, listen, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure by the time this is released, um, the, the official Ramjack meetup is going to be over. Um, if you didn't buy tickets to our exclusive meetup party, um, shame on you. But do we still have uh, do we still have stock of uh, of posters from that event? No. But do we have promises of posters of that event? Yes. So if you donate now, you can get a promise of the official meetup poster that was only available at the meetup. Slash now. Very exclusive. Hey Dove, did you hear Brad say the word promises? Oh. We would love to partner with you in the post in Dove Poster Promises. Yes, <laughs> little secret messages to you from Ramjack. Of course, there's a secret theme running through all of them, like there is in all Dove uh, seasonal messages and promises. Mm-hmm. Get on it, Dove. We're not cheap, but we're not that expensive. Listen, if if you if you subscribe to our Patreon that we don't have yet, at the fifty dollar a month level, <laughs> you will get. A future possible poster. Guaranteed. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they're waiting for, Brad. I really don't know it. It's don't, a new year. Don't know what you're waiting for, guys. Get to it. It's the second time it's a new year for the world. It started off right. Yeah. With an internship and or sponsorship. Year of the dog. Come on. It's my year. Oh, nice. I'm next year, which is the year of like something not so great. Oh well, I, I mean, it's not—it's not, it not my year, and that's my zodiac Chinese zodiac sign. Oh, um, I just mean it's that my—it's my year, and that dogs are the best. You're claiming it because you are a, a lover of dogs. Absolutely, Brad. Hmm? 
I mean, this is like slightly a, a less structured episode than normal. We're not going to be talking about Doby or Manimal or any other type of show. We're just doing a cash up because we got that meetup this week. Got Real a lot cash. of, got to schedule a lot of stuff. So I have a lot of just things to bring to you. Later, I want to play a game okay. called Are You Game? Oh. Jonathan, you can think of a better title. Um, but we'll see um, if Brad is game for some things. I kind of like Are You Game the Game. Are You Game the Game. But before that, we've been watching some things, and I, I definitely want to hear what you've you've been watching since you're living that movie pass life that we all so desperately love and has become even cheaper and even more perks. Didn't they? I don't remember who they partnered with, but since you are grandfathered into the movie pass at this point, do you also get like at least the, um, what is it? Like a magazine or something? Like, do you get the perk, the new perk? What? Yeah. What? Movie pass partnered with, I want to say it's a magazine? magazine or something that starts with an F. What? I could... And, um, yeah, they lowered their prices slightly, and Ooh. you get a membership to this thing. I, I had to look this up. You guys, I don't want to be spitting some fake news, but that's what I heard. I, well, I, I, now I'm just curious, like, because I know when they, they did think about the lowering the price earlier, but it was like, you, you pay like a year in advance, which is still like a great deal, but it was oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do that because I don't have much money. Um, and I'm also like always paranoid. Because I see things on the Reddit about people like getting their movie pass like shut down for weird reasons. Interesting. But it's like like they, like their weird like movie theater like ranked something up wrong, so it came up like as concessions instead of like a, a movie ticket for some reason. Um, like they, but I don't think that's gonna happen to Regal. Regal's pretty solid. Oh, but I yeah. will say say this. Um, Tammy and Dan uh, gave me some facts. Um, because AMC are fucking the worst, and they're constantly trying to fight with movie pass. Like, some of the AMC theaters don't even take MoviePass. Um, but, apparently, if you use your MoviePass AMC, um, they won't let you use a rewards card to get points. Oh, AMC, come on, dude. Hey, AMC, it's none of your business which what, what kind of card I use to pay. Because it's a MasterCard. And MoviePass is paying you the full ticket price. So, fuck off with that shit. What are they... I mean, at that point, what are they, what are they afraid of? They're getting money from concessions. I'm assuming sometimes, maybe they're not, but they're getting money from concessions at least some of the time. Yeah. And that's marked up to a point that it's that's where that's where it's, it's insane. made. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, I can tell. Like I spent, I have, I don't know before I movie pass when I ever bought concessions at a movie theater before. Like I'm just opposed because it's such a ripoff. Like I will, I will gladly if I really want like a snack, I will smuggle in some candy or something. Um, but Smuggler. like. But I'm not. I'm not gonna pay those prices until I got movie pass. Then I'm like, every once in a while, I'm like, I'm like, eh, well, you know. Or especially if I'm with the Regal points, if I'm getting enough for like a free popcorn, sometimes I'll buy a drink. Nice. But see, yeah, I mean that's where they're making money. Yeah. That that drink syrup cost them almost nothing. Like literally. Yeah. Cents on the and you're paying and they're charging you how much? Six, seven dollars for yeah. a small. I mean, come on. Yeah. Just let it. And they're paying the. The whole concept that, or the whole idea that it's going to devalue movie theater prices is bullshit because they're paying full price for the ticket. Yeah. No one's disputing that. Now, it might chisel away at 3D sales, which is what movie theaters hoped were going to get them, I guess, all the money. But that's kind of, but I don't know. Is I 3D mean, here to stay or not? Like, how many movies have you seen in 3D? Well, with Movie Pass, I guess yeah, you Yeah, I don't, I don't see don't. 3D movies anymore. Um, But, like, I, like, but the thing is, like, 
I know, I know Tammy paid, um, full ticket price to see Black Panther in, like, the 3D, um, all, uh, RPX, rumble seat, whatever the fuck, like, the full craziest way to wow. see a movie, like, cause, uh, like, she wanted to make sure she had a ticket and, like, get the awesome theater and get all that stuff, so, it happens, people still do it for something they really care about. I, I do, since I only go to the theater, like, maybe two or three times a year at this point, and it's normally big movies that I want to see that are very action-oriented or, like, some a spectacle. I do tend to gravitate toward 3D yeah. just because it. I enjoy sure. it. I think it's fun. Oh, yeah. But if I had that movie pass life, I would oh, yeah. be totally fine with doing 2D every once in a while, most of the time and doing only 3D on the big guys, yeah. on those big guys. Well, because, like, I mean, before I had movie pass, I would always go 3D um, as opposed to not because I'm like, why not? Like, it's a couple dollars more and I might as well because it's fun. I really hope that Movie Pass is is to the movie theaters as Netflix was to DVD rentals. Like it is just going to be like the new thing. Like this is the, the beginning of the epoch of guess what, guys? We're just subscription subscription service everything, and now you can just go to the movies all you want. I mean, it's it's just why would you not? It's what so else good. is going to what else is going to revitalize theaters? Nothing. Yeah. People are not going because it's too expensive already. Um, the one thing that may kill Movie Pass is Movie Pass updating their app. Because they updated the app over the weekend, and it was some fucking bullshit. Like, like I had had so... Well, I just had trouble, like, logging in. Like, it took me, Mm. like, four tries to log in. I saw two movies... um, Well, I saw three movies over the weekend. um, And, like, I... I don't know what about all this movie talk. Maybe it's the movie talk, I guess. I have a real craving for a movie theater hot dog right now for some reason. I have Whoa. I don't know why. It's just, like, the idea of, like... A sodium-rich, mustard-covered hot dog. Really? Give me that fountain drink. I'm I mean, sitting in a dark theater. Movie theater hot dog? I'm ready. Really? I don't know why. I don't, again, I don't really eat hot dogs often. So it's one of those, like, if I'm at a ball game, which is, you know, more than I would, I guess, I would personally choose, I'll get a dog. You know, you just got to get a dog at the game. I mean. It's just how it is. I mean, if you're at Costco, get a hot dog. I get it. I get it. Oh, I didn't realize Costco's gate. I didn't know Costco was the same level of movie theater and baseball game. Uh, well, I was trying to relate to something game. I would enjoy going to, oh. which would not be a ball game. Um, nor would it Take be buying a. I, to the I don't. I don't trust a movie theater hot dog. You can't. <laughs> I don't no. even saying it. I was the last time I had one. I was like, this is kind of strange and weird. Yeah, that but then the movie strange. came on, and my eyes were wide, and the 3D came into me. It it penetrated my retinas, and I just ate the dog. Hmm. But it's like a dog. It's just a bright. It's whatever it is. There's a real nice pizza place next to uh, next to our theater. Um, the Brad, no. <laughs> You're supposed to spend your money at the movie theater. Uh, you can't just get the pizza next door and bring it in, though well, that would know, be just awesome. Just slice before the movie, and then, you know, maybe they get a soda or a popcorn or something. How do you sneak in a slice of... You don't see... Like, I said you have a slice before. Brad, I was thinking about sneaking it in. I love I this just, idea of sneaking I, in listen, things that are hard to sneak in. I don't want to sneak in a slice. That's not a good idea. I think you get a slice and you eat the slice outside. That tempts the nothing of the movie theater. Like if you, you if you, you sneak buy in a, a ticket, slice, you buy a ticket because um, you're living a movie past life. Then you walk next door, get a slice, and then you go see a movie. Nice. Then you go see Maria Menounos tell you all about Nuvi and what's coming to the theater. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm game for this. I cannot wait to experience it in the wonderful uh, city of Orlando. I'll be like, Alex, Alex, get that slice out of your shirt. It's greasy and gross. Stop it. 
Sarah, you obviously have a piece of pizza under your shirt. What? No. I don't know what you're talking about. So there's a triangle of grease. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, but I paid for the movie. I would like my fountain drink, and I will go into the theater. Thank you. Well, as long as you're buying a fountain drink, I guess. All right. Go ahead and give me a dog, too. Give me one of them dogs. Are you sure about that, sir? Yeah, yeah, give me a dog. Um, Right. I, I still have it. All this talking, I'm still like, I need to get a hot dog. I don't know. I may have to go to the local theater and grab one after the recording. I, I, why don't you go anywhere else to get a hot dog? Um, I don't know where else you get hot dogs. Uh, what restaurant? Store, oh, Burger uh, King. Burger King has hot dogs. Where would you rather have a hot dog from, Brad? Burger King or the movie theater? Burger King. I want Burger King. I want. I want. I mean, one I don't want person. a hot dog from Burger King, but I'll take it before I'll take a movie theater hot dog. I think the manager of every Burger King should be forced to wear a crown during okay. shift. All right. During the shift, they should have to wear a crown because they are the they're the burger, uh, the burgermeister. They're the they're the liaison for the Burger King, and they are all his um, his lords. Do you? But do you think the Burger King would take offense at them wearing a crown, suggesting no. that they are in fact the Burger King when they are just a, a servant of the Burger King? I guess it depends on the crown, like what's up, because everyone would know if it's like a little like maybe a tiara. They're like, oh, that's not a. He's obviously a burgermeister and not like a proper, not a proper monarch. And the Burger King would come in every once in a while, giant crown, just like the classic, right. like huge, billowy, like whatever the fabric is under the gold, like huge, it's like the Burger King. Right. And he rolls in and he makes decrees and then leaves. I would go buy a hot dog from Burger King tonight if I was guaranteed to see a burgermeister with some sort of head ornamentation. Maybe puffy sleeves. Okay. I don't all know. Right. All right. All right. Um... Brad, speaking of seeing like movies and dogs, mm-hmm. what have you been watching in the theater? So I saw three things. Uh, I saw Black Panther, which nice. is amazing, but we'll talk about that on the next episode after we see it together. I can you give me? Can I just ask three questions? You can ask three not questions. about not spoiler questions. Okay. There's just three questions to you about the Black Panther movie. Okay. Sure. Is this your favorite Marvel movie? I think so. Really? I mean, it's hard to tell. You, a movie has to sit for a while, I think, before you can really gauge like where you're ranking it. Because um, like, it's, it, there's the newness of it. Um, but it's really fucking good. So, uh, yeah, I'm hard-pressed to think of what beats it. I mean, but there's a lot of Marvel movies, so it's... Can you give us any audience reactions from the movie? Because I'm assuming the theater was packed, because this made all the money um, and broke all the records for February in particular, oh, yeah. but others. Yeah. I heard internationally, like, it greatly o- overperformed what they thought it was going to be, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, there, there were some there were some dudes sitting next to me that I, there was a couple times where I was like, um, like, I'm about to have to fucking <laughs> shut these dudes down, because, like, uh, they were just young, they were young dudes that, like, like, just uh, there was a couple of things that are of African culture. They're like, "What's that?" And it's like, "Um, listen, you sound real racist right now. I know you're young, stupid dudes that don't know anything, but hey, stupid white dudes, just shut up in this one. Just shut up because like you're making these little comments to yourself, and it's like that's like an actual thing that's in Africa. So like, fuck off. <laughs> you're a racist." Yeah, you gotta worry about those, even down in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. How to herd has come out of everywhere. Well, dumb. Yeah. I mean, kids. these were just stupid kids that don't know anything, but it sounds real racist when you're that ignorant. 
Because it's just ignorance, but it's like, you but like, just fuck off. Your ignorance is racist. Yeah. Because, well, I guess it depends on intention, but it sounds racist, therefore it is racist. Because you can't, yeah, it's just, guys, keep your mouth shut. I mean, it's all racism. It's just, it's not uh, venomous racism. (laughs) It's not, it's not Donald Trump racism. It's just like, it's like, uh, right, it's. Racism that would have been tolerable like a couple of decades ago, but not the bad racism that was tolerate tolerable a couple of decades ago. The normal racism that was tolerable a couple of decades ago. God, so gross. And these kids were just there, like, yeah. what? Yeah, those were What's, bad. How many did anyone yell Wakanda from the audience while you were watching it? This is my third and uh, final question. I, I don't think so. I did get the very last ticket um, available in my wow, theater. Wow, so it was packed. Yeah, I, I, I actually I got off work early that day um, by chance uh, because my job is filled with Nazis and they don't want you getting oh. any overtime. So um, if you perchance happen to like be on the verge of getting overtime, they just send you home early. It's like, hey, you have to get, you have to leave right now. You have to leave right now. You have to leave. Hurry up, go. Pack your things. We got to get you out of here. It's like, all right, but I'm kind of in the middle of like sending this email. Don't just send it. You can send it in the morning. You have to leave right now. Okay, fine. All right. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, Brad is conveying all this with his hand like on the side of his head, like he's resting it. And to me, it made it seem like someone was listening into an earpiece as they were <laughs> scuffed, like shuttling, oh. like just getting him out. <laughs> what? Okay, you got to get out of here, Brad. Move, 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 get him out. He's gonna hit overtime. He's gonna end they up getting it. 15 minutes of overtime. We cannot let him have 15 minutes of overtime. Oh fuck! He makes too much money to get 15 minutes of overtime. Does he? I thought he made like 15 dollars and some change an hour. Yeah. Yeah, but if that's overtime, it's going to be time and a half for 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we'll get him out of here, I guess. Get him out. Get him out. They put a Wouldn't blanket over your head. Wouldn't want him to be able to buy a, a soda at a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Someone tries to stop you and like, hey, Brad, don't click before you go. Nope. They throw a blanket on your head and they just oh, ex- like hold you as they're escorting you out as fast as they can. Fuck off. Can't so, yeah, let him get off, distracted. So I got off early. Um, um, so I was like, oh, snap. I'll be able to make it in time. Um, there was a 7 o'clock showing. I rolled up. I'm like, hey, what if there's a 7 o'clock showing? They're like, uh, well, all we've got is the very front row. And I was like, eh, that's fine with me. Um, they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have the front row. Oh, but we have one that's like in the middle of the theater. But it's only one. I was like, oh, well, that's all I need. So, <laughs> But, but it's only one. Like, they really, they they try so hard. If like, it's going to be, sometimes it's theaters almost sold out. It's like, oh, we've only got the front row. And they always talk like it's, oh, it's the worst thing. But like, and in the olden days, that would be. But the Regal, it's got these, like, reclining seats that go, like, like pretty much to a laying down position. So it's, like, it's not even a problem. It's, like, I'm, I, I almost always sit on, like, the third row. Because, like, when you re- recline all the way, it's perfect. Interesting. And, like, there's usually not many people in that row. So you're solid. So I don't understand. Like, why are we still, like, complaining about, oh, the first row? You, you're, like, I'm, like, laying down watching a movie. It's fine. The, the laying down and looking up into the movie revolutionizes the front rows. Oh, it's so good. Like, that changes the game. I'm telling you, third row is prime seating now. No crooked neck. No. No over It's just sit down, descend into the your bed, I guess, your movie bed. Yeah. And then just take it all in. Yeah. All right. Okay. I hey, mean, Maria I want to ease into it. What's I want... going on? What's going on, Maria <laughs> She's right here. I'm Maria Menounos. <laughs> Check out my newsletter at mariamenunos.com. That's she me, Maria Menunos, for Newbie, telling you what's new at the movies. Maria Menunos.
There's something about that that sounds both grating and slightly charming. Just yeah. like, oh, I'd have to exactly. see it to believe it. I bet it's more charming when you're three rows from it. <laughs> just yeah. right there. Just laying back. Laying back. Eating your, your homemade malted milk balls. <laughs> <laughs> what um, else did you see? What else have you seen? Um, so I uh, saw, saw Black Panther. Uh, it was great. Um, then uh, Saturday I saw uh, Lady Bird. Okay, I've heard a lot of good things about Lady Bird. Eh, it's fine. I'm like, I... It's... It's it's set in 2002, 2003. Um, okay. And it really feels like an indie movie from 2002, 2003. We graduated that year, 2002. Yeah. So it took you right back, right back to our days in high school. Took me back, yeah. Um, and you're saying it was just mediocre at best? I, it was, I mean, there's... It's... I mean, it's very much an indie movie. It's just like a little coming of age. Yeah, it's fine. Coming, coming it's of fine. age. I just, uh, I wish I. Laurie Metcalf was really good. Um, I. It's definitely a million times better than um, Three Billboards, Fuck All, Missouri, um, which is another movie that's trying to be an indie movie, but that's just garbage. Um, this is like an actual indie movie, but it's like it's disposable. I don't. I just don't. I mean, it's theme. It's about. Oh. A young girl coming of age, which is totally fine. Tons yeah. of those movies exist. Sure. Would you say it's derivative? Does it like tread too much old? Like, <sighs> granted, that a movie can be derivative, or like, and still have something to say, or still be good. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's really derivative. I think it's it's fine. It's fine. It's just I don't know. There just there just wasn't much to hang your hat on. But it was fine. Like it was perfectly it was perfectly good in doing what it was doing. It just wasn't it wasn't aiming for much. It didn't have very lofty goals. Hmm. Which is fine for a movie, and it's perfectly yeah. fine. And there was also like there was Catholic stuff in it that I'm like, mm, I never want to see the ca- I don't ever want to see the Catholic Church like brought up anytime when it's unless we're bringing up how awful the Catholic Church is. So don't humanize Catholics to me. I will say that's a way to quickly get me disinterested in a film. Yeah, like, I mean, it wasn't I, a big went... thing. It was just the fact that I don't know, like, it, and that's just me personally. I never want to see. Religion brought up, unless we're talking about how bad religion is, I never want to see it just a thing, ever. I just don't want to see it, because it's gross. I mean, I lived through a coming-of-age, my own coming-of-age tale where I dealt with religion. Yeah. And, you know, fair enough. Kids still haven't, people who haven't gone through that or have gone through it and came out on a different side than I did, I'm sure they enjoy it. But I don't need to see that again. I'm, yeah. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm an adult, and I have different things I want out of my entertainment and or movie watching. I, I want to go was, to Wakanda. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it was it was good the fact that like unlike Three Billboards, which is what I'm going to compare it to, um, Three Billboards is all about hey people are you know people can be complex and complicated and they can change and it's like okay movie that's it's not a plot but okay um, but this does that better so nice yeah I heard that Lady Bird um, and there's there's something about this that kind of bothers me. At a level, and tell me, tell me if this is what you got, or that you perceived you're watching it. I heard that Lady Bird. Sorry, there's Panther times here, and they're making noises behind me. <laughs> um, and one of them is just staring at me in the center of a red dot. On Joey has like a carpet with these giant like fabric buttons on it, and one of them is balancing on one of the fabric buttons, just staring at me. So we have one audience member for sure right now, Brad. Oh my God. Stubby, listen up. I'm about to talk about Ladybird. Did the word bird strike your fancy, kitty cat? It happens. So I heard that Ladybird um, 
One of the things that a lot of people that I read kind of thought was a good exploration was what it's like to be a coming of age, like a girl coming of age when you're poor. Yeah. And that they haven't seen that on film before and that it's an important story to tell. Sure. And I get that. And depending on how it's handled, I think that's very, yeah. you know, that's a good thing to, to explore. That's a good, that's, yeah. Yeah. I could definitely. see myself, yeah, sure, yeah, let's, let's explore that. But part of me wonders if it, did it ride the line of almost like a weird, I don't want to say voyeurism, but there's a lot of movies that are indie like this that are a little pretentious or that like, this, this it's made not. for a crowd. Okay, good. Because yeah. it's, a lot of them I feel are made for a crowd that is like an upper, like middle class. Right. Looking, and looking, some one of this movie is more like, like a, oh, look yeah. Look at this like interesting world of the poor. No, oh it my wasn't. God, I'd never... It was yeah. very realistic, and it was also a realistic level of, like, of poor. Okay, good. Of, like, you know, like, um, not quite middle class, but pretending to be middle class level of poor. The real So it poor. hit a, a real note. Yeah. 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 That was actually really good. Another thing that just kind of bothered me is, like, like the, the mother-daughter relationship is, it's very, it's very harsh at times, and it's, like, it, it just, it felt like it could real... I, I was like, are we are we going into abusive territory? Like, because like Lori Metcalf is just like a really like they're just constantly arguing and it's just it's just their relationship. It's just the way they are, and it, like it's fine in the end. Like, and there's never actually abuse, but like I don't know when you get to like when you get to like the parents like yelling at, at children and like seemingly being a little over the top. Like, I just it I, it makes me nervous. I don't like it. I don't like it because. Things, but it it didn't go to like an emotionally abusive area. It was just you know parents and children not getting along. But there was just so much that I was like, oh, this is making me uncomfortable, and I don't really want to be here in a movie. Um, but it it didn't go there. But still, like that just trips some wires that I don't necessarily want to go to. <laughs> hey, we understand. We understand. Um, so, Off other things though, Lady Bird was okay, serviceable. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so then. Uh, Sunday, um, I saw, um, the Philadelphia Story, um, um, TCM's, you know, just the screening of the classic movies, um, so I got to see the Philadelphia Story, and it was great, because, uh, awesome. who doesn't like Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant in a movie? Did you sit on the third row for this one? Because I figured I did maybe that would... I did sit on the third would... row for this one. Nice. I did, um, but, like, I was getting nervous because this fucking movie pass deal where they fucking changed the app, it took me forever to get logged in. Like, I was, I was outside of the theater for, like, ten minutes trying to get the app to work. Oh, it was very stressful. And, like, I got in just as the credits were, were, were starting. Which, for a movie of the ye olden times. Yeah, it's like, just you just gotta suck it. Yeah. So I, like, bum, ba, da. Which means I did miss, like, the opening, like, because I know, like, for the, all the TCM, when they showed the classic movies, um, Ben Mankiewicz um, does, like, a little uh, introduction. So I didn't get to see that, which sucks. The Philadelphia story came out in 1940, so I can only yeah. assume that there was a five-minute-long title, like, credit sequence at the very beginning of the film before it actually kicked off. I No, it's... No, for, or, it's real short, so... Nice. Opening credits well, were, I guess it's also, were not long back in the day. I, I guess it depends. I've seen some that were long. Holiday Inn? Long. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis? Long. But I guess the cast of this is small and kind of intimate, so I guess it wouldn't be very long. My bad, I assumed, and I was wrong. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you had some fun times in the theater. Anything else you want to say about the Philadelphia story? Um, no, what was that just, crowd like? Uh, oh, yeah, there is something I want to say. I knew there was something about that. I was like, why am I bringing this up? I know there's something I want to say about it. Yeah. So here's the fucking... So, I, okay, I make it in. 
just as no, this was late. This was Ladybird. Sorry, sorry. Oh, a, let me backtrack to Ladybird. I like. I know there's a weird theater experience. All right. So Ladybird also, I was having trouble with the app, so I got in. Like I still, still early. Um, I still had a chance to to see Maria Menounos for a second. Uh, but just for a second. Like we're about to go into like the regular trailers. And I was like, oh, goodbye, Maria Menounos. I'll definitely check out your newsletter. Never gonna check out your newsletter, Maria Menounos. I mean, <laughs> come on, come on. Um, but I go to my seat and like, there's some fucking asshole in my seat. What? Yeah. I'm like, listen, it's a sign seating. Like, why are you, why is somebody in somebody's fucking seat? The fuck is this? And uh, like, there was a seat open next to that person. So I just sat there and I was like, if I, but if like, if somebody comes up and is like, Hey, like you're in my seat, I'm going to have to like fucking get this guy to move out of my seat. I'm like, what is your fucking deal? Like sit in your fucking seat. People always try to fucking, like, move around. Like, what is your deal? If you are in a theater that has assigned seats, sit in your goddamn seat. I don't even understand how that could work. No. Like, what do you do with that? What do you, do you go get someone outside and say, hey, there's someone in my seat? If they don't move? No, like, no. Who has the usually, audacity to sit in someone else's seat? Usually, I, um, this theater, like, there, it was, it was Lady Bird. There weren't that many people in the theater. Um, so I just, like, fucking, and the trailers were starting, so I just sat down, because I was like, I'll, I don't think anyone else is coming to this, but if they do, like, then I'll make this asshole move. But, like, usually I just make the move, I'm like, hey, you're in my seat. Um, and they'll be like, oh, oh, yeah. oh well, you can just sit here, and I'll be like, no. Because I'm like, fuck off. No, I don't want, because the thing is, I don't want to have to deal with is if somebody else comes in and I'm in their seat. Because then it's a fucking whole thing. If they're trying to, like, get a better seat than they paid for, well, then fuck them. Fuck them well, no, right off. Just be and like, this is the no. stupid thing. It's usually just, like, they're with, like, a group of people, and they all, like, they're like, oh, right, we know we bought, like, three seats together, and they're just sitting in the wrong order because they all just sat down like a bunch of fucking idiots. Like, look at the goddamn ticket. I mean, it's an honest mistake. That's different. If it's a genuine mistake, just to be like, well, come on. Fuck you. Get up. Yeah, get no. up. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I, I usually have somebody, but at that one, I was like, I know one else is coming to this. Um, so I'm just going to deal with it. But I was pissed off throughout the trailers. Because I'm like, just don't be in my seat. I'm like, what is your fucking deal? There's numbers on the seats. You have a number on your ticket. Have them match. It's very Brad, easy. Brad, this person is very self-conscious of the fact that they have very limited, um, I would say, very limited uh, vision in low-light scenarios. And they also can't count very well. And they just went with their friends and were like, oh, God, I hope no one says anything. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hope that it's the seed. First of all, no one has worse night vision than me. It's impossible that someone has worse night vision than me. <laughs> Let's never forget, I convinced, I, um, I uh, confused a friend for a tree one time. <laughs> Very true. Just saying, still, all those scenarios, fuck right off. Just get out and get out yeah. of the seat. That's not yours. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. You rented, Brad rented this, not you. Yeah. Go along. Move along. I can't, I haven't seen anything of note, I would say, over the last week. Um, but I, I do have some interesting commentary from Joey in regards to something. Oh. So, um. What are his thoughts on Lady Bird? Um, hasn't seen it yet that I know of. Um, so, Vera had gone to sleep. And Joey was winding down for the night. He goes to sleep well after her. She has a very strict 6.30-ish bedtime that she adheres to. And we let her do it. You know, she's a baby. She does what she wants. 
Um, so Joey was in um, bed with me and Emily, and we were watching, just streaming something. Um, I was rubbing Emily's shoulders. We were just kind of relaxing. Joey was playing video games. And when Joey plays video games, he can be really focused and not really paying attention to anything. So um, we put on a, uh, a comedy special, uh, one of Emily's favorites of the comedian John Mulaney. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but we're watching it. Audience is laughing on the, uh, like, <laughs> audience is laughing because John Mulaney is, is, is making them laugh. Me and Emily chuckle every once in a while. We've seen this many times before. I, it's just, you know, it's, it's a comedy special that's pretty funny. Out of nowhere, Joey decides to start paying attention-ish, and he's listening, and people laugh, and then we laugh. And you can tell that for some reason he's perplexed, but this is the time he chooses to speak. He stops and says, what are you watching? And uh, we say, oh, we're watching like a comedy special. Uh, There's a comedian. It's, it's just like comedians telling jokes. And he's like, what is a comedian? Doesn't know what a comedian is. And we reiterate like, oh, it's, it's someone who tells jokes for a living to an audience. And, you know, they pay to see it and they laugh. Joey's still confused looking at the television. I haven't heard any jokes. <laughs> Whoa! Harsh burn. Joey is a tough critic. I don't hear any jokes, guys. Are you sure? <laughs> this motherfucker is just talking shit. <laughs> and I haven't yeah. cracked one smile. Think about it, I mean, because he doesn't understand the context of anything John Mulaney is saying. Right. So to him, it is just an adult talking and then people laughing that isn't funny. And he's genuinely, like, confused as to why someone would find it funny. Like, what the fuck is this? Nice. So funny. Yeah. So that's Joey. Joey's review of John Mulaney. Nah, <laughs> not funny. Don't get it. Overrated. Awesome. Um... Brad, I have a little bit of science news. So, recently, let's see, which team came up with this? It was a school. Rice University um, was able to use lasers to turn the surface of certain foods into a thin layer of graphene. For those who may not understand, graphene is just basically a, a one a one atom layer of graphite. Um, and depending on the food... You can do certain things to it to make that happen. Like just chemical reactions will turn like the top level of something into a one layer. Uh, atom thick graphite. Just like, yeah, just a thin little layer. They've gotten to where they can use it to a pinpoint accuracy and put that one layer of graphene on, like I said, food and print it into anything. Now they continually print an owl onto like a slice of bread, a potato, um, other starch-like things. They print it on a paper towel. Anything that's got, like, tree pulp is also good. Like, just, like, yeah, plant matter is another thing you can do. The cool thing about graphene, though, Brad, is that it's conductive. So, in theory, you could print little circuits or simple circuits into anything, like fabric, and make tiny little circuits that, once you put power to, could do something cool. And it would be pretty resilient to washing and everything. They also talked about one of the cool things they wanted to do with food, and they, they admit, we're not really sure what's going to happen with this new technology, printing graphene on something with, uh, and, and like printing maybe circuits on food, which is something they reiterate. But we're excited to see what people will come up with. Print it on, again, toast, coconuts, potatoes, cookies, printing this owl, printing stuff on everything. And not once, not once, and I watched this twice to make sure, 
did they mention how it tastes. Not once. Hmm. Brad, what's what's the use of printing circuits on food if you don't want to eat it because it tastes like it tastes like a pencil lead? <laughs> I yeah. I Brad's also dumbfounded. Like I don't I, understand why people would want to do that. That's crazy. Like what what is the what's the benefit of this? Brad, we can print graphene on food. But why would we want to do this? We don't know yet. We don't know yet why we want to print a one-layer thick um, graphene, um, like a, like just print circuits on food. Who knows what we'll do with it? But we can do it now. Uh, okay. Could revolutionize things? I doubt it. I went to the official Rice University's YouTube page where they posted the video where they explained everything, and I commented, Brad. Oh. One day ago, one day ago from today, I wrote this. How does this graphene affect the taste of foods it's printed upon? Not much is my guess, but would appreciate some first-hand food reviews. Looking forward to seeing what springs from this technology regardless. Hooray innovation. And you know what, Brad? Rice, and, Rice University hasn't said anything. Oh. Haven't said anything. Hmm. How suspicious. I think Why they're they hiding this fact. Quiet? I think they're trying to hide it because it doesn't taste good once you print graphene on it. And I think yeah. that would sink the whole ship. Like, we'll figure out what to do with circuits. Who knows what we'll put it. We already have, like, tiny little capsule machines we can put in our bodies and, like, take readings or whatever. Um, and who knows what we'll do with graphene toast or the potato or graphene Pop-Tarts Listen, or literally I've everything. Said the, the real problem with food is I can't see a pencil drawing on top of it. <laughs> I would love to, but that's that's my issue. Like sometimes I'll take a pop tart and I'll just take a I'll take a pencil and I'll just try to like uh, just draw a little draw a little uh, a Batman on it with a, with a pencil and I I can't. It doesn't work very well. I mean, it'd be better if I could print on the pop tart. I mean, is it too much to ask how the food tastes once you print graphene on it? It's a very important question. A better Brand question Jack. is why. Why? I mean, Brad, if you want to go to the official Rice University YouTube page and comment below mine or comment on my comment about why they would want to do this, then that's up to you, friend. That is up to you, friend. But just know that I'm out there asking the hard questions to these science engineering pioneers about whether or not this electronic printed um, food is going to taste okay. Because if you start oh, printing on my oh. Pop-Tart and it tastes weird... No thanks. Sorry, I just got a lot of a uh, lot of uh, auto playing video when I went to their YouTube page. Um, Careful. Oh, I see your comment one day ago. Why are they not answering my question, mm. the people's question? How does it taste? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna like your comment. <laughs> Let's get Rice University to tell us the truth here, ladies and gentlemen. How does it taste? Great question. Great question. I just. I'm just a I'm just a simple co-host on a podcast trying to figure out how my toast is going to taste in the future. I just want to know what the purpose of this is. You could I mean outside of the food, you could print on other things like fabric and make like a tiny circuit. Maybe you could also then like like put simple diodes and like LEDs upon it and then a power source so it it, were, it gets rid of it gets rid of wiring on clothing if you wanted to do like cool um, lighting and shoes or in clothing or anything, and it's, I guess, pretty resilient. Um, but 
I don't know what you I don't know what you do with food. I don't understand how that works. Is there a circuit that can get heat from an oven and like it beep, 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 and it does calculations? Is it gonna mine Bitcoin as it's toasting in my toaster because it has graphene on it? I don't think so, but if it could, that make bit toast. There you Listen, go. Well, you're, what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to hook up about twelve uh, graphics cards to your toast. <laughs> no, well, well, okay. One of my, one of my, I got one loaf for calculations for Bitcoin, and I got one loaf that's just graphics cards on the on the toast. And I got to put them both beside each other in the same toaster, Aye. and they work together because also there's a Wi-Fi chip. I, I was, I was, it. I saw an article um, the other day <laughs> about how um, the fucking. Because all these assholes are doing uh, fucking uh, bit mining. Um, oh, yeah? Like, the price of graphics cards has gone up, you know, exponentially. Oh, dude. It's insane. A- and, like, uh, like you can't even buy high-end graphics cards now because people are buying, like, 50 at a time. So, like, because it, it, it was... I was just... At, I ended up on this website where they were... It was, um... It was... It, it was, uh, um, PC parts and things. And they were like, oh, yeah, graphics cards. We, you know, we... You know, it's there's been... There've been you know ups and downs as like you know the new cards come out and like all these fucking uh, uh, bit mining people buy up all the cards, um, but it's been like nonstop. Like now there's there it hasn't gone back down. Like there it's just we're just in hell times of graphics cards. So now like you can only get like a used graphics card and then it's been used up for like bit mining for so long that it's up out of date now. But it's burnt to hell because so you can't even buy like graphics cards now. They're ruining everything. Like, fuck off, you assholes. Like, stop it with your fucking... Fucking... Uh, it's stupid. Like, your stupid cryptocurrencies. Like, I don't even fully... Like, I can't fully wrap my mind around how this stuff works. It is fascinating. If it you is. do want to know about it, go to Bitcoin. They have a wonderful, like, FAQ that's actually written very well and clearly that explains everything. Like, the whole mining for a Bitcoin is fascinating. Um... Do you know, like, the simple concept of, like, what it does? Because it's... Please, please explain it further, because I, I still haven't fully gotten it. I'll, so, essentially, um, all of all of Bitcoin, or the record of Bitcoin, is, um, let's say, housed on a server somewhere, or right. multiple servers. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to greatly simplify this. So, when you mine for Bitcoin, because Bitcoin just kind of keeps the ledger of, like, hey, here's all the transactions that happened, they don't write to it. They want other people to do that. So, whenever... You buy Bitcoin, when someone buys Bitcoin, um, or makes a transaction with Bitcoin, they use a third party, someone mining for Bitcoin, to do that process. So when you mine for Bitcoin, you're basically just waiting for someone to make some transaction within Bitcoin, and then you want to be the first person to say, all right, this person bought this, and now they they have it. Or this person transferred money to this or that. And if you can tell the ledger first, you get rewarded for it. But it's a little bit more complicated than that because they have a system of, all right, to make sure that um, this is kind of secure or to make it something that's competitive, we have to give you like a math problem or some sort of algorithm to solve when you're doing it. So like hundreds of people, well, thousands, I guess now could be like, all right, Brad just bought a Bitcoin. We got to tell Bitcoin as soon as possible. And these thousands of people are all competing to do it first. So right. that's why I have the graphics card, because they're trying to process it as fast as possible. Right. And the more of those you have, the more likely you are to do it. But you get paid in real Bitcoin. Yeah. You're using Bitcoin as an example. There's like tons of other cryptocurrencies. Sure, sure, sure. And you get paid in a a full Bitcoin, which is could be far, worth far more than just the half a Bitcoin that you may have transferred. It's fascinating. Right. right. I actually know people at the place I work 
who do this. Like there's a guy who's been doing it since October and he keeps moving from cryptocurrency to cryptocurrency because obviously some of them, well now a lot of them have kind of started to bottom out or where's ethereum at where's ethereum at ethereum where is it where's the kanye west one that they had that i guess got shut down actually from lots of reasons but he over the course of a few months he made over four thousand dollars just in his basement a machine was just doing this non-stop and he used the graphic he used two graphics cards it's and it's yeah you can definitely make money doing it like but the thing is also like you're having to build these machines to do it and you're just destroying resources, though. It's just oh, so yeah, yeah. It's so destructive to the world because I mean, you're 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 building these machines that are eating up power and doing this, and like like you're using these graphics cards and you're burning through this technology, like, and it's all to get like this cryptocurrency. That's <laughs> it's all these things that aren't real that you're destroying actual resources. Well. So the concept of like, because there's a lot of ple- I mean, people are getting slapped left and right where apps will covertly just co-op part of your processor or RAM to collectively cloud compute yeah. cryptocurrency. Like they'll they'll try to mine it with your resources. Like that happens all the time and they always get shut down for good reason because that's insane. But the concept of that, like uh, networking through the cloud, mini computers to help do research is not uncommon. People used to do that sure. with like, there was something you could download for either the PS3 or PS2 where scientists could say, hey, we're trying to do this. We're trying to cure cancer. So we need to run like all these like scenarios with this. Help us. So right. why are let's do that. If you could make a cryptocurrency that also helps science, like why does it have to be some random math problem? Make it real. Like if you were partnered up with any scientific benefit. lab, yeah, get a positive benefit. Like, hey, we're using all these graphics cards to be the first one to run these scenarios. Because like right now, we're just real. we're just destroying natural resources. Yeah, yeah. In the endeavor of like unlocking a fucking uh, money that's all fictional to begin with. Um. Yeah. How much better would it be? Again, yeah. Partner up with anyone, NASA, any type of medical research, and just get that stuff done. I mean, we have all the processors trying to cryptocurrency, like mine cryptocurrency. I, I just want to get it mo- doing good stuff. I want a more socialist answer to this fucking um, capital not capitalist nightmare of destroying resource resources for the pure benefit of creating fictional capital, <laughs> which all and capital is fictional to begin with. Oh yeah, and granted, my uh, graphics processors are wonderful at like churning through real data so not only are you robbing researchers but think about all those gamers how are you supposed to play overwatch at 60 frames a second if you ain't got that graphics card i mean alex you're making a great you're making a great case for um cryptocurrency (laughs) Um, (laughs) because we do need to do something to stop the gamers but can we just do something that has uh, that has another benefit besides stopping the gamers what if I see. I don't know. See, I think of those poor kids um, just trying to get graphics cards so they can be competitive at a player unknown battlegrounds and just spend four hours on a weekend just like being young. You know, they will never understand what that's like um, if we use all the graphics cards for cryptocurrency and science. Alex, can I tell you um, what I fell down into a K hole of over the weekend? Please do. <laughs> What's up? Like I, this your graphics is how, card is safe, right? You have a graphics card in your machine, right? Yes, mine's safe. Mine's okay, safe. yours is safe. Yours is safe. Um, I uh, this is how I actually ended up on this graphics card thing is because uh, 
Um, as as I tend to do, um, every once in a while, I just start watching woodworking videos on YouTube, and I like I get deep deep in. <laughs> they it is easy. I watch home improvement videos <sighs> all the time because like I genuinely use them for all kinds of stuff. And I'm thinking like, <sighs> can I redo my, the frame of my door? Could I move my door frame out a little bit more? Oh. So I understand, friend. But you're doing like woodworking, like shaping the wood. God, I just like crafting. It's my, it's my dream. Like, all I want is to have a place where I can, like, start buying some tools and, like, start doing some woodworking. Like, I want it so bad. Like, I just, I want a house that I can, like, have, like, a, a garage or a shed or something to get some tools and do some woodworking. And I want a cute dog. That's all I fucking need in life. That's all. Absolutely all I need. Oh, it would be so good. But I'm, I'm just watching these videos and I, and I find this guy's um, uh, page that is awesome and he does all these amazing projects. And he does, he does, like, a lot of, like, maker things. He does, like, um, a lot of electronic stuff. He does a lot of woodworking. Um, and then he, he also, he built, um, an arcade cabinet. Um, and was, like, um, like, uh, he had, and he, uh, had, like, a Raspberry Pi, um, that was running the arcade. Um, and he built, like, he did all of it. Every bit of it. Like, I mean, he, he got, like, he, he downloaded the, the software, um, because that already existed. But, like, um, and I think he, he bought, like, the, the buttons, um, for the for the arcade, but like he built everything else. Wow! Oh, it was so good. And like and I'm like, I get, that's so awesome. It was great. It was great. And like they had like the whole wiring tutorials on there, and then like the, the all the stuff about building the actual cabinets, dude, and wiring it. And I'm like, oh, that's that's really fucking neat. Like I want to build things. And he had another um, video where he built like a. Um, he had a friend that um, just bought a new house, and they um, were building like a secret door. Um, in a bookcase, and it was like so fucking awesome. See, that's what uh, that would be awesome. Um, God, that takes me back to the time we toured the uh, the basement of uh, the bread guy, who literally had secret passages everywhere. What? You remember that? I told the story on before. It was back when um, I worked at Traction, which was a design firm that has since gone out of business. Um, and one of our clients was a bicycle playing card, and the guy Klosterman. Clusterman bread. He took us out to his house. He had like, he had bought like an insane card collection that was huge of playing cards, cards that had been to space, cards that one of the cards that was found in like Hitler's bunker when they found Hitler. Strange, but he he was a collector of uh, magician like artifacts, and his whole basement was, well, one of them was a recreation of an actual like theater, and you could he had like all the stuff from Houdini. But he had three secret, like, it, there was, there was like, the uh, atrium that was, like, full-on, like, here's a ticket booth, all underground, like, under his house. It was fucking crazy. And then, like, you'd go through, and there was a giant theater, like, literally under his house, a giant theater that would seat, like, hundreds, like, a hundred-something people, and a giant stage, and, like, a backstage. Like, it was nuts. But one of the mirrors in the, um, I guess, atrium of the theater was false. You could press a button that was hidden, and the mirror would just fly up into the ceiling and then you went to where all his cards were there was a bookshelf in the theater too that you would move a book and the bookshelf would go to a secret room where it had all this other stuff in it there was another secret room in the other bookshelf in there which i don't remember where that went and then there was another secret room that opened not by mirror but by something else and that one actually i think accidentally tripped you into the room and it was like all egyptian themed it looked like you were in an egyptian temple this dude has insane money and he spent it to make his basement fucking amazing like it was like a set of a movie if he isn't down there every day or if he doesn't like 
have dinner parties with strangers Seriously. and then just freak them the fuck out with this. What Seriously. is he doing with his life? I've told the story on Ramcap before, but I mean, it, it was a lo- in the long, yeah. long ago. It was it was amazing. That's so awesome. So, um, I like to make stuff.com is the guy's website. It's pretty fucking rad. The first things I'm saying are how to make an Optimus Prime Blaster, <laughs> how to 3D pr- print enclosure workbenches, how to make a simple bookcase, a Nintendo Switch game storage controller. That actually looks really sweet. I told you I got a, um, a handsaw for Christmas, right? No. I have a little handsaw, and I bought a work table. I haven't sawed anything yet because I haven't. the need hasn't come up. I try to find things to do. Like when we were redoing our utility room, we were having trouble getting the um, counter out. And I thought, you know, I could just go get my handsaw and just like, and just like get it out. I mean, a little circular saw. And thankfully, Emily was there to be like, do we really need to do that? And I was like, eh, I guess you're not. We don't have to. So we, we finagled it. I did other, we did other things to get it out. But the little workbench is awesome. I, I can recommend those to anyone. I mean, I was using it just as a place to put tools the other day when I was hanging shelves. And I was like, wow, this is great. I can't wait to saw something on it. Nice. I know that it's not really legit to make an emulating cabinet like this for like because of all the copyright things. Sure. But is it just me or has that gotten disturbingly more lax? Because they have these things everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, it was always kind of lax, but a lot of yeah. people were, like, adamantly against it. But even after Nintendo released, like, the Nintendo Classic and the SNES Classic, and Sega just released something which from a god-awful developer who, like, completely just botched their emulation machine, I see something about retro pies, and no one's really getting their hands slapped or anything. I'm like, I, this is great. I love it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the U.S. law is like if you if you own the physical, if you own an actual physical copy of the game, you can own the, the emulator. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, all of that, and I know a lot of like the old classic games. A lot of the companies that produce them, because this is the the horrible thing about gaming. It's a really harsh industry, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of labor that either goes horrifically underpaid or unpaid in some cases yeah. like most of those companies that hold the copyrights to a lot of the a lot of the older stuff is just gone like yeah. no one's gonna sue you for any of that because it just right. does they don't exist anymore it's <laughs> gonna worry about the big guys so i guess in an arcade cabinet yeah i guess you can do it this what little i'm seeing of this is already awesome like yeah. goodness it's it's so great i'm like i want to do this like see he's got like crazy amounts of things that i I could only dream, like like you read, of having. Yeah. yeah this is pretty sweet. Yeah. This is pretty sweet. Yeah. I just want to make things. So, I just want to make things. I just want to make things. So, should we stop the show and just go go make things? Like, I, watching this video right now, I'm seeing him do some very interesting things. I'm like, all right, okay, I could, I could do that. <laughs> I, could, I could put an electrical outlet inside of a box really quick and then make some games happen. I mean, that's the thing about all this, this stuff. It's too like... Bad. Like what's so um, what's so wonderful about like this whole uh, YouTube and everything is like I mean you can just make things now like you can like if you have the if you have the if you have the money you can just go buy the tools you need and like make things now because like all oh, the instructions dude. are available anything you want to learn it, how to do you can just do now the mega revolution has happened this That's is great. Uh, yeah this is awesome in, in many respects yeah I mean even from like home improvement just oh. around the house like. I watch a YouTube video and I learn how to do everything. Yeah. And it's super easy. Yeah. As long as you're safe with electri- like electrical stuff, that's also super easy. Like, it's not complicated. Yeah, of course. Like, oh, God, I wish I had a job that paid enough money that I could buy a house and then fucking fix things. And then, you know, what? A, so, fake book, like a, a, tr- a, a fake bookshelf door 
Well, I guess a real bookshelf door, but like, you know, a hidden, a secret right. door. Who doesn't want a secret passage? Everybody wants a secret passage. Like, that would um, be great. That would be awesome. I would just, I mean, that's all I would want. If I could if I could put a secret passage in my house now, that would be pretty sweet. Part of me yeah. is just thinking, like, could I close off some of it? Like, could I just close this room off and then, like, make a bookshelf and just, like, have it be a... Or even, like, put a mirror on a false wall. That would be the dream, friend. That would be the dream. Pretty great. Pretty great. I just want to. I just want to make like little things. I just want. I want to build. I want to. I want to build like a, a hope chest. I want to build. Like I start. I think I started this was I was like looking at like hope chests, and that took me to like treasure chests, and these people building these awesome like fucking treasure chests. Dude. Um, they were like welding and shit, and I'm like, oh, that's fucking awesome. And then there's this guy that like built this fucking uh uh tool cabinet that like it. it it was uh, he was like he welded basically this frame together and then it was like a um, like this cherry wood in in um in between the uh, um the metal framework. It's really fucking awesome. I mean, yeah, we can make anything we want. Yeah, <laughs> no one told us that we were in school as kids. Hey, guess what? A revolution's gonna happen. Free information everywhere, and everyone's gonna put it online. And guess what? We can do whatever we want now. As Seriously. long as you got the funds, you can build treasure chests. Just have That's the a thing. Just had the funds. Somebody give me funds some funds. Hey, hey everybody. Have you ordered have you ordered those uh, posters yet? Those fictional posters? I mean, uh, those eventual posters? Uh, listen, start dropping those dollars. Burger King, if you thought the Burgermeisters were a wonderful idea, and they are, we got tons of ideas. Mm. Bring us on. Ramjack Consulting. We're here. Yes. Interns, you could be making the treasure chest Brad's talking about for Brad right now. No, I don't want you. I don't. I want to make it. That's. I don't even want it. I just want to make it. You can have it. When I finish making it, you can have it. Oh, that'll be interns. your. That'll be your. your that'll be uh, your payment. You'll be paid in treasure chests. Hey, interns! Only one intern is going to get Brad's treasure chest gifted to you. Who's going to be the best? Who's going to come out on top? It's a competition. And Brad's the one who decides who gets the treasure chest. What's in it? I don't know. But in I mean, turn, here's, you're going to want to find out. Everyone should be working to help make me wealthy. Because listen to this. Uh, when I'm wealthy, um, I'm just going to start making stuff. And I'm just going to be giving it away. Because I don't really want it or need it. I'm not a hoarder. Like, you can just have it. I'll just make you things. Tell me what you want. Do you, do you want... I watched, a, I watched a video on making a, a, a bed frame. Do you want a bed frame? I'll make it. Do you want to do you want to um, do you want a coffee table that has like built-in LEDs? I'll make it for you. Let me make you things. Brad, speaking of um, I guess just having a having funds to do whatever you want. Um, Chris Hughes, a Facebook fame, Mark Zuckerberg's roommate who helped him found Facebook, um, recently wrote a book. Now, just to catch everyone up, Chris Hughes walked away from Facebook and made five hundred million dollars by selling his stocks. So dude's rich. <laughs> Mad money. And he recently wrote a book um, called Fair Shot, Rethinking Inequality and How We Earn. Um, and in his new book, he argues for basic income. Cites a whole bunch of stories. Yeah, like obviously, yeah. He says, look, I'm well off. I got tons of money. And honestly, it was luck for the most part. I mean, obviously I was in the right place at the right time and helped out and, you know, don't, don't get it twisted. I worked hard. But also... Right place, right time. Everyone should have a basic income so they can just, you know, do what they need to do. What are we doing? Yeah. Um, I have a quote from his book. Um, or a quote from an article that quotes the, like, has some statistics from the book. So listen to this. So he argues that the same forces that allowed Facebook to control 80% of the world's social media traffic 
are not dissimilar to those that allow 160,000 American families to control as much wealth as the bottom 90% uh, of the income scale. There are 160,000 families that control 90% of the income scale in America. We have a rough number of how many families have all that money. 160,000. What do you think they do? Like these 160,000, they know each other, right? Like this is a network of people that we need to get in contact with so that Brad can make that treasure chest so we can put that LED uh, <laughs> coffee table together for you. Yeah. We'll, we, hey, hey, if, he, if we get enough funding, he's going to use that new graphene laser to do the circuits real thin. No wires needed. He's just going to print it on there. He's going to print it in the shape of whatever you want. Guess what? That graphic on the table that's giving you light to all those LEDs that's in the shape of um, <laughs> Blanca off Street Fighter for some reason? Guess what? He printed it on there. It's one atom thin. Hey, 160,000 American families that have all the money. I, are you listening? We can give these ideas to you too. <laughs> 160,000? It's his rough statistics. That, that number doesn't sound right to me. 160,000 American families that control 90% of the income scale. This is the 1%, friend. Well, I, yeah, I, I just don't know about the 160,000. That hey, number doesn't sound right. Brad, Chris Hughes helped found Facebook. Now, granted, Facebook was just hit up with a bunch of advertising stuff from Russia and a lot of other places trying to meddle with the election. And there was some, maybe some fake news thrown around from time to time. But Chris Hughes walked away from that fake news. Control as much wealth as the poorest 90%. Okay. Bingo. Where does that statistic come from? That is a good question. Like, in all honesty, it seemed high to me, but it also yeah. seems low to me. Like, at the same time, I... I'm assuming it's a ballpark figure. Some of these families fall off. Some of them come back on. I mean, this is from 2014, but still, like, that's... We can only assume that the number has gone down slightly. Because um, these... Are these families having families? Are they all got the last name? Does this include dynasty? Like, I don't understand how it all works. But I know these 160,000 Americans that have all this money are the Americans living life to the fullest <laughs> with no worries whatsoever. Who are these people? What are their lives like? Um, I mean, pretty good. They're pretty good. Do you guys want to be a, a wealthy patron to artists? Guess what? Brad and I are here. Just ready. Ready with some so ideas. Ready. ready to take it and go. So ready. Like, guys, listen, if you want to... Listen, it doesn't even have to be that much, guys. If you want to drop $6.5 million on me right now, I'll quit That's my job change. tomorrow. I'll quit my job tomorrow. That's fact, jump change. I'll text my boss right now. Like... <laughs> I'd be like, fuck y'all, not coming back. For that kind of money in cash, like directly deposited to your accounts, Brad, I think the person can dictate to you how you quit your job. Sure. Sure. That's more than a call friend to your boss. You're going to do some other stuff. Whatever. Some, you might like it, you might not. But hey, hey, for that much money, guess what? It's happening. I'll deliver a seeing telegram. Whatever. I, I 160000 American families. The fact that it's presented as American families also kind of feels weird to me. Like, again, so many questions from the statistic, but it's it's a statistic that's out there. Well, because, like, yeah, like, the Walton family alone, like... They've got to have their own club. If they're I'm, not, then guys, hire us just to, like, help you live your life even more to the fullest. We can do seriously, this. Seriously. Seriously. Oh. Hey, Alex, um, I got some people here that need some advice. Now, are they are they loco momos? No, they're not. <laughs> these are these are um, 
these are not Mormons. Well, not necessarily Mormons. They could be Mormons. I don't could know. Could be. Um, these are the denizens of the TalkParanormal.com forum, a place we haven't visited in a while. Um, nice, but there's, nice. there's some people. Uh, they're posting some things. Um, hi, guys. I'm just a Mirakuru. Ooh. Uh, what I saw and what I did. <clears throat> so, I, lo- I, love, I love when we start off with a so. Because <laughs> I, I always feel like... <sighs> so, being interested in the occult, I decided to experiment with a demon... A demonolatry opening ritual. Best sentence. Best opening sentence already. <laughs> so, being interested in the occult, I decided to experiment with a demonolatry rit- opening ritual. I felt no change before, during, or after the ritual. I decided to leave the room and have a cigarette. I get outside the door, turn to go down the hall... And there are three shadow people. They were about 20 feet away. Seemed solid. <laughs> they were about 20 feet away, comma. Seemed solid, period. They were standing in a wedge formation. One in front, two in the back, to either side. Staring at me. I got a sense of anger and danger from them. Almost like they were wanting to pounce on me. So, we stood there like that for about a minute. I admit I was anxious. <laughs> I decided to leave the hallway to go back to the room. I performed the ritual in. Yep. I turned my back to them and walked away. Other things happened after that. But going to stay on topic. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Whatever. The next time I saw one... Oh, wait! Are we just going... We're just leaving that? Alright. Next time I saw one was at my girlfriend's house. It was the early evening and I was in the dining room. It was on the other side of the table, casually walking its length. I paid absolutely it paid it paid absolutely no attention to me, and vanished when it got to the end of the table. I didn't feel th- it didn't feel threatening at all, like a stranger just passing through. They all appeared solid and humanoid. No hats, no glowing eyes. <laughs> they were all around my height, 5'11". Unfortunately, no pictures or video. Want it to happen again so I can be ready with my camera. Maybe ask them to pose for me. LOL. (laughs) Seriously. Serious with a capital S. Seriously. I wonder what they would look like on cam. I wonder if there's a way to call them to me. Maybe that ritual again? Maybe a video starting five minutes before, ending ten minutes after? Any ideas? I want to capture these on my cam. (laughs) For what purposes? I don't know. I think he just wants to. He wants to make shadow people cam cam girls. How do you think those? How do you think those shadow people film? Oh, quick, quick Riverdale, Riverdale update, Alex. Um, oh. by the way, did did you know uh, Betty's a cam girl? No way, Betty. Yeah, Betty's What's a cam girl. What's her site? Don't know. We ha- we haven't gotten that deep in. How did she We just know that, that her weird drug addict brother is a cam boy, um, and got her into it. You can get into that, huh? Like just that easy. Just sometimes, you know. Sometimes your sometimes your fam's in the cam business. <laughs> Look, my brother's a, is is in the cam business. He's going to help you get these shadow people into the cam business too. <laughs> I don't like the wording of. I just want to get them on my cam. Want to get them on my? You... Listen, no hats, no glowing eyes, uh, no claws. Just want to get them on my cam. How do I get these shadow people on my cam? Okay, first things first. Mm-hmm. 
three shadow people standing at the end of the hallway in a wedge shape. Yeah. Three people standing in the hallway. I don't know if that's inherently a wedge. I don't know if it's inherent. I guess it's a kind of a triangle. Like to say wedge shape is weird. It's I don't a wedge formation, Alex. A wedge formation. All three people. Like, there's no way three people can stand that isn't a wedge formation if they're talking. What? Unless they're like side by side. Or, what if, okay, there were th- three what if people waiting on in a line. Of each other. Hmm. What if they're laying, laying on top, top of, each of each other? Pancake that's one formation. Way. What if one of them is on top of the shoulders of the other one trying to masquerade as an older shadow person? <laughs> trying to gain entrance into uh, a, a region of the shadow space that young shadow people are not allowed to go into. You must be this tall to ride this shadow ride. Um, so now I'm understanding that shadow people face the same struggles that we do, and that describing them together as a wedge shape or formation makes sense. I'm sorry, I read that incorrectly. Um, Brad, if you saw, because most people see shadow people out of the periphery of their eye, this guy stared three of them down a hallway. Just looking at them. Just for looking a at them. Solid sixty seconds. Then he turned his back and walked away. And then other things happened, but he didn't want to go into that at this time. What happened? What happened? Because he's going in there trying to summon a demon. I guess he was in, unsuccessful, but the shadow people came to check it out. Why were they in a wedge formation? They're just chatting. What else happened? Did he summon the demon? Uh, Did he realize that, oh, those aren't things, but these shadow people are real? Apparently. I'm seeing some more posts here. Um, so online, some people have been asking some questions, saying some things. Um, he pipes back in. What's crazy about this is I'm a Christian. Um, I... A very curious one. Been st- I, I love all these little staccato sentences. I'm a Christian. A very curious one, period. Been studying different aspects of the occult for years, period. Practiced a few paradigms of magic. Yes, spelled with a K. And eventually learned about the about EVPs and ITC research. Surely, in quotes, I thought, I could use EVPs in place of skyring materials, end quote. Capture the voices of angels and demons, exclamation point. Maybe even use a spirit box, which I bought, along with the ritual to communicate with them. Then again, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm causing more harm than good, but what if, ellipses, sigh. Wow. He sighs to himself? What I, if? I just want to read, I just I just want to read this again, just to say all these words. Been studying aspects of the occult for years. Practiced a few paradigms of magic. Yes, with a K. And eventually learned about EVPs and ITC research. I don't know what ITC is. Surely, I thought, I could use EVPs in place of Skyring materials. Capture the voices of angels and demons! Exclamation point. Maybe even use a spirit box, which I bought, along with the ritual to communicate with them. Then again, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm causing more harm than good. But what if? Sigh. What? I mean, these are just some words. Alex, what's your advice? Well, first, I need to know what an ITC is, and I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, as, as are we all. Modern ITC software. Are they valid paranormal research tools? Hmm. ITC, uh, instrumental, instrumental transcommunication. Let's see, this one paragraph might sum it up. I don't know, Brad. Listen. Within the last year... The Ghost Box community. So this is a community. Oh, the Ghost Box community. <laughs> that you can you can be a part of for a small <laughs> entry fee of buying a professional Ghost Box. A ghost has seen box. a lot of. So the Ghost Box community has seen a lot of ITC software that uh, purports to connect with the realm of spirit. Does the software work? How can the others communicate using software? I'm not an expert on at software coding, but I will <laughs> try to explore these questions. 
non-technically, based solely upon my experiences and what the software developers, developers have shared with both myself and with others. Alex, I just um, went to YouTube and searched making a ghost box. There's so many tutorials. <laughs> Guys, if you gave me millions of dollars, I could make a ghost box for you. Oh, Brad and I could make an amazing ghost box. You think this ITC software is hot shit? Wait till I bring the app. The ITC software app. The ghost box app. Um, Brad, since ancient times, holy men have gone to waterfalls, rivers, and what? lakes. <laughs> <laughs> to commune with the spirit world. Oh. I don't know why spirits are attracted to water. The sound of don't rushing water creates the sound of rushing water creates white noise, Brad. Oh. And as you may have read on this site or elsewhere from other paranormal research, that white noise has been intrinsically linked to successful EVP communications since the dawn of EVP recording. You know, when holy men would go to waterfalls in the olden times, ancient times. White noise also uh, propagates ghost box communication as it is an inherent part of using a ghost box. What the fuck is a ghost box? I, it, looks like it's just, it looks like it just makes white noise and people hear things in white noise and think it's a ghost. Why would you call it a ghost box? Other than, I, okay, I get I, To me... It would have to be. It would be a box that maybe a hologram would be more of a ghost box. It's um, like a box that you can't. Just really look at the descriptions on YouTube. Um, I thought I would show you a simple way on how to make a ghost box. Oh, ghost box. Oh, clear using cardboard and aluminum foil. Okay, but it looks like it's just a lot. Of, it just looks like it's a noise generator. These are just things that make noise. They exist. I mean, we've we've talked about apps like that that already exist, where it's like, ooh, randomly it will just like say, "There's a ghost in here." There's like, there's like a, just a random number generator that just randomly will say stuff, and those are entertaining, I guess, and fair enough if you're into that. But it's like a Ouija board. It's all fake. It's not real. All right. Well, advice. What? Um. Oh, advice? Yeah, what's the advice we're giving this person, Alex? I think the classic advice of grow up and shut up mm-hmm. could not be more relevant. <laughs> so relevant. And also, give us some money. Hey, if you want to get to the bottom of the shadow people, that's a different thing. One, I'm going to guarantee you they're not real, but let's just play devil's advocate for a second. You want to get these shadow people on your camp. <laughs> Brad, I don't. other than like what you said, it was to get Betty Cooper's brother... To like just show them the glitz and glamour of that lifestyle, because if if he can, you know, woo his sister into doing this, then surely three shadow people that are just hanging out in this dude's house and maybe just casually walking down the length of some table for some reason, it might entice them too. So just stream Riverdale, yeah. Particularly th- this season that brought this cam need, glory watch, to the forefront. Yeah. What you need to do is just uh, um, hang out with Chick Cooper and uh, learn how to cam it up. And then maybe also just look on the sites because these shadow people have to. If a shadow person gets on the cam, then they're going to they're going to be streaming. So either you get them on the cam or someone else has. So see if there's anyone who has got them on cam, or if they already have like a shadow person cam. Someone should make a shadow person cam website. Shadow cam. Shadow cam. Hey guys, that's how we're gonna get rich, Alex. We're gonna make a shadow person cam site. Cam. We're just scamming people now at this point, Brad. Hey, um... What are you talking about? It's I heard that you're a very curious Christian. Um, me and my friend Brad, who happened to host a podcast called Ramjack, don't listen to it. Um, we found... I think we have what you're looking for. We got one on cam. I mean, really, what we're talking about <laughs> we doing, Alex, cam. is setting up a campsite that just shows shadows. <laughs> like, how much money can we make off that? 
Uh, in the short term, a lot. In the long term, I don't know. But that's what scams are. They're like a quick in and out. It's like, yeah. ooh, shadow cams. And now we're getting away from shadow cams. The next big thing in paranormal is ghost box. A live, a live streaming ghost box on Twitch. Yes. Going to haunted places, taking the money we get from the shadow cam, reinvesting it into our, our, our ghost conning, mm-hmm. and go to haunted places. Pretty soon we'll have our own TV show. Yeah. Two atheists who don't believe in ghosts go around to haunted places with a ghost box with their, their shadow person friend. You can see them at their cam website. <laughs> and they just, you know, figure things out. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I wanted us to treat it very seriously up until like even all the way through the credits. And then at the very end of the credits, there's like two seconds of this is all like not real, right? Well, obviously it's not real. And it's just a hard cut. Like just like everything up to that point is like luring these people in. And then at the very, very end, again, post credits. But this is all just bullshit, right, Brad? Oh, yeah. It's complete bullshit. It's not real at all. Hard cut. (laughs) Every episode. You see the shadow like get closer and closer. And Jonathan just walks on camera. Like he plays the shadow. (laughs) And John Pernicek as a shadow person. At and he first. just takes his hat off and takes his hat off and yeah. uh, gives a little nod to the camera. And as as the show progresses though, I would say that Jonathan would join the show as like a, a normal cast member, not just a shadow. And then okay. we get celebrities to be the shadow in each episode. Because oh, this like show it. will take off enough to where it's like, oh who's who what is that? Oh my god, Nicole Kidman was a shadow the whole time this episode. Oh my god. <laughs> um yeah, just random celebrity. I I say that because she was on a Sesame Street episode earlier today. Nice. With a whole bunch nice. of other celebrities, but she was the first one that came to my mind because she was the weirdest one. I don't know where Nicole Kidman was brushing her teeth with Elmo, and I thought, Nicole Kidman? Huh. huh. And then, like, as soon as she said that, she disappeared and another celebrity took her place. It was like a montage of celebrities brushing their teeth to help Elmo and children brush their teeth. Nice. Nice. Brad, uh, I think I just laid out a wonderful platform for Ramjack to take. Alex, you gave not only advice to uh, Mirakuru, but to us. <laughs> It's appreciated. Um, now let's see uh, how you'll do with uh, with uh, um, this newcomer. Okay. Hi guys, I'm just a Meg Vogel 1993. I think that may be like a real person's name and birth year. <laughs> Meg Vogel 1993. Hi guys, I'm just a Meg Vogel 1993. That's enough information to look this person up. <laughs> um, hi guys, I'm just a Meg Vogel 1993. I had a real weird experience with shadow people. I had a real weird experience. I was at a friend's house who lived in a remote part of Dallas, and there was a lot of woods around, and every night- Oh boy, we're just- I think this is all just one sentence here. As opposed to the last person with short staccato sentences, now we have very long sentences. Alright. I was at a friend's house who lived in a remote part of Dallas, and there was a lot of woods around, and every night after 3am, the shadow people wolves come out, and there's a ton of them just walking around, and they play tricks on you, but what really happened that scared me was we were sitting in my friend's car. (sighs) (laughs) What did your friend do to you? Sorry. This is a true friend. We're still in the middle of the sentence. Um, Oh, okay, okay, okay. We were sitting in my friend's car, her children were even in the back seat, and her ignition was off, so her auxiliary lights were on, and soon as the auxiliary lights shut off, (sighs) still in the sentence. Shut off. When they timed out, she somehow dislocated her shoulder, and it was like right as the lights went out, and it was weird as hell. Then we had to pop a shoulder back in. In the sentence. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Whew. Huh. Next sentence. After that, I was really freaked out, and I wanted to leave. The next morning, I woke up, and I had a swollen foot, like so bad, I had to go to the emergency room. 
The doctors told me I had some really bad ant bites and I was having a severe <laughs> allergic reaction to them as I'm not allergic to ants and it's just, I don't know, the whole thing was very weird. <laughs> well, honey, you're allergic to ants. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is how you discover these things. Oh, well, this classic ant bites. You're just allergic to ants. I'm not allergic to ants. That's impossible. First uh, of all, um, hey, Mega Vogel 1993, you need to, like, fucking learn how the English language works. Yes. And did the shadow people steal your punctuation? I doubt it. I, I highly doubt it. I was a friend's house that lived in a remote part of Dallas, and there was a lot of woods, and every night around three, and the shadow people, wolves, come out, and there's a ton of them just walking around, and they play tricks on you. But what really happened that scared me was that we were sitting in my friend's car, our children were even in the back seat, and her ignition was off, so our auxiliary lights were on, and as soon as the auxiliary light shut off, we shut off the timeout, she somehow dislocated her shoulder, and it was like, right as the lights went out, and it was weird as hell, and then we had to pop a shoulder back in. Did you say wolves in the middle of all of that? Um, the shadow uh, people, wolves. Every, every night at 3 a.m., the shadow people, wolves, um, W-O-U-L-S, should be wood, I think. The shadow people, wolves, come out, and there's tons of them just walking around, and they play tricks on you. you see, <laughs> what that's are these what tricks? I, that's the thing. There's some, there's some, there's weird dangling things throughout this that's, that is, is more interesting than what they say. Yeah. Someone just dislocating their shoulder in a car. People but who have right dislocated shoulders. But right as the lights shoulders. went out, her, her shoulder dislocated. If, her, if she dislocates her shoulder all the time, I think that's something that can just happen. Like, if, if, if it gets to where you're constantly dislocating your shoulder, then it can just start happening on its own randomly. Yeah. Which sucks and is painful, but... It's just, it happens. The more it happens, the more prone you are to having it happen. How the lights came on could be anything. I mean, there's kids in the backseat for crying out loud. I don't, I don't care about that. What tricks are they playing on you? Because yeah, that is what a trick. What are these tricks? Hey, and by the way, while you're looking at those shadow people, maybe look down on the ground. Because there's ants everywhere. <laughs> what are you doing in the woods at 3 a.m. when the shadow people come out? <laughs> 3 a.m., she must be lonely. Also, it's 3 a.m., how are you testing? Well, listen, I can't see in the dark, so these shadows would just blend in with the night for me. But it's very shadowy at night. I love the research behind, like, what your eyes do in the darkness and how prone they are to pareidolia. We're just making something out of nothing. Like, literally, anyone can sit in the dark looking into a mirror, and after, like, five or ten minutes, your mind will start playing tricks on you. Like, it is like clockwork. It is awesome. What are you doing in the woods at three o'clock just looking into the darkness? You soul searching? Like, do you have hard questions? Just like, oh, I just sometimes like to go to the woods and just watch the shadow people. They play tricks on me. What tricks? What are these tricks? What are they playing? <laughs> how would you play? How would a shadow person play a trick on you in the woods? Like, what is the trick? Yeah. Do I, uh, they come up. They like. Do they? Do they like put their hands up? They start wiggling a thumb and then they move the thumb away from one hand. Uh. And, like, bring it. Bring it back. Like that classic trick. What else? What else could a shadow person do? A shadow person they, got my nose. A shadow person got my nose. <laughs> Wait, no, they didn't. I had my nose the whole time. They come up and they just like have something in their hand. They put it behind their back and then they bring it out and they have their hands closed and you have to pick which hand it's in. Oh. Both hands are empty. They look at you and point to your hand. It's in your hand. How do they do it? Oh. Shadow trick. Shadow people are, are amateur magician shadow people are in the woods of Dallas, Texas. And I don't know how I feel about that or how we should feel about it. It was 3.15 a.m. I was in the middle of the woods. Yeah. I walk up to this, uh, this. I thought it was a person. Turns out it's a shadow mm-hmm. person. Um, no he's way. at a table. He's got three shells. You got a, what? He, 
he's got three shells and he shows me there's a ball under one of them and then he like uh, he's like moving them around and I'm trying to figure out which one it is I could never figure it out turns out he, he, the, the ball was gone the whole time he's a fucking it's a fucking con job he tricked me he tricked me I lost $75 <laughs> oh cause I guess there was a sign like how did he communicate through the silence oh you had your ghost box with you and through the ghost box you heard him just say $5 entry fee I just kept putting like five dollars on the shadow table, and he kept snatching it up, and I c- couldn't find them. I thought it was, there's there's only three choices. Like I thought it would be the odds are eventually I'm gonna make my money back. Five dollars to play, five dollars to win. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm gonna. I, I, it's the right one this time. No, <laughs> damn it, God. Tricky shadow people, and then out of nowhere they disappeared, like shadows are what to do. Yeah, well, I finally got <laughs> sick of it, and I, I knocked over the shadow table, and there was no ball to be had. And then the shadow person disappeared. Like whole thing was bullshit. And you know what else disappeared? My seventy-five dollars. Figure that out. <laughs> we have to do that show. We have to do the show where we go around with the shadow person and investigate paranormal activity stuff. Because the shadow person is on our side. They're there with us. They just tag along. We're haunted by the the Quicksilver shadow person. Seriously. Well, I'm looking right now. Um, haunted places in Orlando. Brad, we're going. when we go to Disney, will there be a shadow person there with us? I can't confirm or deny that yet. But mm. I don't think they have to buy a ticket because shadow people are shadow people. I, they can go wherever they want. Whoa, the Enzion Theater. That's just down the street. No way. That's where I saw The Shape of Water. (gasps) At around 1 a.m. on some moonless night, a screaming disembodied head appears in the north corner of the building and disappears into the kitchen. Hmm. Oh, just so you know. Enzion, just down the street. Interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah. Advice? (laughs) Stay out of the woods. You should be sleeping. It's 3 a.m. Go to sleep. Why are there children with you in this car at 3 a.m.? That's weird. There's a lot of weird questions. Um... Yeah, There's apparently a ghost dog at Lake Eola. Hmm. That sounds like a great ghost. You don't often hear about animal ghosts. It's interesting that there's a ghost dog. Ah, for real. I mean, I wish these people luck. I don't know what about Dallas that makes it a magnet or a haven for um, shadow people, but, you know, you live and learn. Um, yeah. My advice is grow up, shut up, and... <laughs> oh, um, obviously. Acknowledge that you're actually allergic to bites. <laughs> I mean, that's something that's actually going to hurt you in the woods, in the middle of Dallas. It's terrifying in the woods at night, Dallas. Go ahead. Apparently, Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean ride is haunted. Are we scheduled to go on that? Yes. We're not scheduled, but we'll definitely hit it up. I mean, we got got all day. (laughs) We'll make it. Trust. Trust, trust, trust. I'm excited. What's the first thing we're going to do? We have things scheduled, but we might get... Are we going to get there before that time? My goal... my. My personal goal is for us to fucking rope drop and be there at opening. Will we close it out? Maybe. Um, we'll see how the day treats us. Yeah. Why not? God, um, I gotta get like a, I gotta get like a power pack to take with me so my phone, phone cell phone doesn't die. Yeah, I'll, I'll have mine. Um, I can always hook you up. Friend, I can't steal your, I can't take your energy like that. But. But if you're offering, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> mine lasts forever, so like, it's no worries. You can always plug in. The only thing I'm not game for is a teacup ride because I think it would make me sick. Okay. Um, I do hope to get some Dramamine before we go. I don't know if I need to buy it here or down there. I'm pretty sure I could fly with it just to make sure I don't get sick. Sure. Not that I one. The last time I was at a, a theme park and I re, like really rolled roller coasters, mm-hmm. 
I got a little sick, but it was it was actually from like dehydration and heat. Sure. But I'm just covering my bases to make sure I don't get a little dizzy. I know these are Disney level rides, but we're not going to go crazy in the dark, like Indiana Jones style minecart stuff, which I kind of did once in Kings Island. And that was one of my favorite roller coasters because it's just fun. Um, Space Space Mountain's uh, indoors uh, dark. See, that's going to be a fun time. Yeah. That's going to be. But that also has like Technicolor light show, right? Um... Not, I mean, not really. I mean, okay, never mind. Kind I, of. There's like stars and things. It, it looks kind of like you're going through space. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's cool. That, that's yeah. more than this had. This this was really dark, crazy indoor. It looked like you were in a, like a mine cart, mine shaft thing. It was uh. nuts. It also stopped halfway through, kind of, and we were thought, are we going to get stuck upside down? Uh. But then it continued, and it was awesome. Yeah. Well, there's there's nothing upside down. Um going up in any of the Disney rides, because I mean, they're all they're all Disney rides. They're for families. You can take a bag on them. Like <laughs> We shall see. Super excited. Brad, mm-hmm. I'd like to try a new game with you. Right. Um, I'm not sure how much, I don't know, I'm not sure of the legs on this game, whether it's going to go along, or this might be the first, the first and only episode we play it on, but um, it's called Are You Game the Game? I have some things here, some of which are actual games, I'm going to describe them to you, and you tell me um, if you're game or not. Okay. Um, the first thing is a new board game called The Fog of Love. Bear in mind, this is a board game. All right, all right. Fog of Love is a game for two players, though I saw a Let's Play of it and four people played. Whoa. I mean, hey, listen, not judging. Like, live your life. Follow your bliss. Two, two players can be... Uh, two teams, but okay. Fog of love, a game for two players or two teams. You will create and play two vivid characters who meet, fall in love and face the challenge of making an unusual relationship work. Uh, Playing. How unusual? What are we talking about? Playing fog of love is like being in a romantic comedy. Roller coaster rides, awkward situations, lots of laughs and plenty of difficult compromises to make. Oh, Much as in a real relationship, goals might be at odds. You can try to change, keep being relentless, or even secretly decide to be a heartbreaker. It's your choice. The happily ever after won't be certain, but whatever way your zigzag romance unfolds, you'll always end up with a story full of surprises, guaranteed to raise a smile. This game is called Have a Fight with Your Girlfriend, the game. (laughs) Oh, there are so many other titles with it, friend. It's I'm secretly in love with you, and I'm going to confess to you over this board game called Fog of Love. Or I'm, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah. I'm secretly confessing I'm in love with you. It's hey, girlfriend, let's end up having a fight uh, because we have to confront real relationship problems in the in the form of a board game, but then have a real argument about them. So in the let's play, I solve this. It this game is overly complicated. Ugh. You choose characters, kind of, and you, like, kind of build them. And you you randomly get, like, attribute cards, which say, okay, look, the person you're playing has these three attributes. You just have to live with it. Like, uh. you are basically, like, having two people, like, come together. And you have, like, secret missions of, like, here's three success cards. And if you can get the other person on board with these things and they kind of align, then at the end of the game... Which I think the, it takes place over like a couple of months and you have like dates or whatever. You can win points to like put them on attributes to make people more compatible. It's, it's so weird how you win. this is like a romance simulator. It's a, 
but you're not even playing your own. You're you're being forced to play this character that isn't even. Oh, this is terrible. Well, okay, I I want to say that there is some leeway, so you can draw stuff and you can choose of what limited things you have, what attributes your character can have. But like they said, you want to be a heartbreaker, you can kind of make that choice. But the other player doesn't know everything about you, much like a relationship. And you're right, Brad. This is a board game simulation of a relationship. Are you game? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> When I heard the premise, I don't remember how I found this, but I thought, how is this fun? This, and like, let's take all of the, let's take the the worst parts of relationship, um, the things we're gonna argue over, and like make it a game. Well, even then, like the serendipitous stuff, it's all like the hard. Let's do a relationship by the numbers and points, oh. and like take all the fun out of it watching so i watched i i forced fast forwarded through a let's play i I remember now that i saw this on i guess polygon which is a website about gaming and um some of the hosts of their podcast were just playing this game all four of them teamed up um at the end of theirs the people ended up together but it was like an hour long like youtube video of a let's play and they didn't look like they were having much fun because oh, it's really? hard. It's not only hard work. Not only relationships are hard work, but simulating one in a board game is like incredibly weird and hard. <laughs> so you're not game for Fog of Love. No, I am not game. It's available in the U.S. exclusively at Walmart. So Walmart got the oh, exclusive rights. Cool. <laughs> Another great selling point. Hold up. I'm gonna see. Um, Brad, this game retails for fifty dollars. What? I mean, that's that's insane. I don't, how is it fifty dollars? That's insane. Absolutely insane. Um, sorry, I'm just still scrolling through this article. By the way, um, apparently Disney's Haunted Mansion is also haunted. Well, of course it's haunted. <laughs> I mean, it goes. It's in the title. Should have known. I appreciate. I appreciate it, Brad. This person in the like um, board game, I guess, um, advertising picture has a character who's disorganized, flirtatious, and just. Ugh. Which are just three of the attributes your fake person could get in the road to romance. So obviously, no go. You're not game for no, fog of love. I am not game at all. How about this? This is a this is kind of an older game. Um, it's from 2014. In fact, that's in the title. 2014's Sherlock Holmes: Crime and Punishments. It's a video game where you play Sherlock Holmes. Um. Kind of a crime procedural formula. Murders committed. Sherlock and Watson uh, come in. Watson obviously peddling his cereal <laughs> that he is now the uh, <laughs> mascot for. Okay, all right. Um, and they you look you scan for clues. It's kind of like a point and click. You get clues and you try to find out who done it. All right. Now, where most of these kinds of games, I don't know if you've ever played something like a Phoenix Wainwright or any of these kind of mystery games. Have you? Do you know what Phoenix Wainwright is? Um, similar. It's a uh, it's a series of games where you're a kind of a detective lawyer. So the first part of and there's it's broken up into many different chapters. But the first part of the chapter is some crime has been committed. You go to a location, you look for clues, and you find them and gather them. And then you go into court, and it's a kind of a version of the Japanese court system, which is also fascinating. And you question people and. You can lose because the person, you're not doing a good job of being a lawyer. Um, Or you can be great. And if you are doing great, um, you can do like action moves where you can say, objection! Like Phoenix like throws his finger at the person. The person's like, oh! And they eventually like freak out and go, it's it's awesome. They have it for iOS. Like I recommend, I think there's one of them that's like a free to play. 
it's fun. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, so imagine something that's kind of like that, but you know, with Watson and Sherlock Holmes. Now here's the twist. With a lot of those Phoenix Rain Wainwright games are similar procedurals, you can get it wrong. You can have all the clues. It will push you as far as you can go, and if you get it wrong, you lose. Not so in Sherlock. In this game, you can have all the clues, and you have all the people, and you can say, I think this person did it. And then they do a whole thing of, like, there's, like, I think I'm going to say there's videos or animatics where it's like, all right, book them, and you get to watch all of that. And then you have the option of, of, of the option comes up, do you want to know if you were right or not? And you can choose to say yes or no. And if you say no, you never know if you were right. This person goes to prison and gets sentenced, and they show you what happens to them. And you never know if you were right or wrong. Ah. I think that's pretty freaking awesome. Ah. Also, you can say, well, I'm going to see if I'm right or wrong. And it will tell you, oh, you were wrong. You <laughs> With all the clues, you got the wrong person sentenced to jail. Maybe the death penalty. How do you feel about that? You didn't read the clues right, you idiot. Deal and with you, it. That person's living in jail. 30 years. 30 years. Can't do anything now about it. Ugh. A killer got away because you were so, like, you just couldn't pay attention in the game. Ugh. How? To me, that's a pretty awesome mechanic to a game. Yeah, I like it. That I you like can it. choose whether you find out whether what you did was right or not. That's already mind-blowing. But the fact that it could be like, yeah, you dummy, you got it wrong. You're not a good detective is awesome. <laughs> Are you game, Brad? So this is the Sherlock Holmes version? This is this is not Phoenix Wainwright. Phoenix Wainwright was like the example okay. of what it's like. Just to give you an example of the game. This, right. this game is called Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishments. It's from the year 2014. And it's just basically a point and click. Like it's 3D. It's, it's animated. It's I a mean, mystery. Now, uh, will, will, we, um, will we find out if Sherlock... Is there a mechanic in which we find out Sherlock Holmes was wrong? Well, you are playing Sherlock, and yes, basically you get to def- you so, learn whether you're right or wrong. Okay, I, I yes. You can get it wrong is the thing, and you can have someone sentenced incorrectly. And yes, I, yes, I you see I, that unfold. I am game for this, um, mainly because I want I want to be able to in a game to have Sherlock Holmes um, be made the fool <laughs> and to be proven wrong. One might say Moriarty does that all the time, like that's what he lives for. Maybe, but in the books, Moriarty like appeared like two times and didn't really do much. That is so fascinating. Like, I've been listening to a podcast recently. Um, there's one more thing I want to see if you're game for. It. That isn't a game; it's a book. But we'll get to that in just a second. So there's a podcast that was kind of billed as, um, I guess, a um, how would I even say this? Hold up. I need to find it. I thought it was going to be right there, but it wasn't. Looking through my podcast. Wait, I am subscribed to this. Why isn't it in my feed? It's called Imaginary Worlds. Have you ever heard of it? No, I don't think so. Okay, it's essentially um, an NPR-style podcast, very similar to NPR, but it only deals with um, fandom. So pretty much anything is on the table. Presently, they're going through the beginning of their new season is dealing with Doctor Who, and it does deep dive, kind of like NPR style, just stories of all these things, and they're fascinating. But one of them was talking about characters, and obviously, like the first real um, fan fiction that we can point to that was popular was Sherlock Holmes fan fiction, and there's all this research about it, and how obviously, like uh, the original guy who wrote it, um, killed Sherlock Holmes in one book, and the fans were like, "No, you didn't kill him." And um, they petitioned to bring it back. There's all this 
weird stuff that happened. That's like the first time people were so captured by a character in a story outside of like obviously religious mythology, but I guess popular culture where it's like, no, we don't agree with the author. We're going to take it on our own. So apparently there were also just like, this became a thing back then. And instead of going to fanfiction.net or what other, what other new fanfiction websites there are, you would join a gentleman's club whose sole purpose was for you to write fiction about stories that you guys wrote and then read it to each other or just share your fan fiction at a club where guys just get together after work. I've got to go to the fan fiction club, my wife. <laughs> I'm going to be late. I have dinner on the table, though. Oh, boy. I have a new story where <laughs> Sherlock Yikes. Holmes and Watson are thwarted by Moriarty once again. And this time he's wrong. There's got to be a whole subsection of fan fiction where it's just Sherlock Holmes being wrong all the time. <laughs> he got it wrong again. But I would highly recommend this podcast because everyone I've listened to so far was fascinating. Because again, I'm tired of NPR. It tells like the same human interest stories over and over again. Like the just the rhythm of it. I mean, it's not the same story, but the rhythm of it is so similar that it's like, I just can't listen to it anymore. I'm sorry. It's It could be the most interesting subjectmatic in the world. And it's just, I can't. Um, but this spins all the stuff we pretty much talk about on Ramjack. I'm, I can't wait for them to mention. Um, do you? Sorry, I'm just going. Through this. I'm downloading a bunch of episodes now. Do you know which, which episode this uh, fan fiction? Uh... Oh yeah, it was pretty far down in the thing. Let me, let, guys, if you're listening, definitely, definitely look up Imaginary Worlds. But let me give you some choice episodes. Yeah. First just... off, all the Doctor Who stuff is great. All right. Um, I'm getting a. A bunch of them look really good, so... Oh, fan fiction don't judge. It's from oh. November 1st of 2017. Okay. There's also one here about the Haunted Mansion. It's one yeah. of the most beloved Disney rides. Downloaded that already. Fuck yes, I'm going to download that. I, that's required listing before the Ramjack meetup. Exactly. There's one on Techno Babble, but I haven't listened to that one yet. There was one about um, Canon, which was like Canon Revisited, which is a slightly updated one that he had done a long time ago about like adhering to Canon. It talks about Star Trek and Star Wars, which is pretty interesting. Um, if not slightly infuriating, just because some people are so against, like, I guess the modern. The reason he reran it was because of all the backlash for the new Star Wars movie. Oh, there's one about Dune. Yeah. But yeah, well, it basically. Oh, see, it covers so many interesting yeah. things from fandom. Interesting. That I highly recommend. The one about fan fiction goes into a lot of interesting areas. But yeah, so you are game for the Sherlock Holmes game. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I am agree. I, I, I'm game for that. Mainly because I want to make Sherlock Holmes be a fool and be wrong. <laughs> you're going to solve the mystery, but you're going to say, no, Sherlock, guess what? You don't get to. Hmm. I think it's time you got your comeuppance. Okay, so um, switching from games to books... Um, Again, this is something I'm not sure how I came across, but there's something about it that is so, well, let it speak for itself. Brad, I'm talking about a book um, that might be on your summer reading list after this. I don't know. It's called I've Got This Round. It's by a woman named Mamrie Hart. Um, And here's the synopsis. Hilarious, candid, and full of shenanigans, Brad... Just based on those four, like five, six words, does this have potential? <laughs> Hilarious, candid, full of shenanigans. I don't know. YouTube sensation, Mamrie Hart, the New York Times best-selling author of You Deserve a Drink, is back with more adventures. 
When Mamrie simultaneously enters her 30s and finds herself single for the first time since college, the world is suddenly full of possibilities. Emboldened by the cool confidence that comes with the end of one's 20s, okay, plus the newfound independence of an attachment-free lifestyle, Mamrie commits herself to living life with even more spirit, adventure, and heart than before. Mamrie dives into new experiences at full tilt and seeks out once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, like meeting the Dixie Chicks. Bucket list goals, like visiting the Moulin Rouge. And madcap adventures, like going anchors away on a Backstreet Boys cruise. All while diving back into the dating world for the first time in a decade. In I've Got This Round, listeners or readers will find the same shameless honesty. And I'll, and I'll Try Anything Once Spirit. They loved in Hart's New York Times bestseller, You Deserve a Drink. Mamrie doubles down on her strong female friendships, her willingness to engage in shenanigans, and her inability, wait, uh, her amenable candor, and taking the reader along for a wild and unforgettable journey through adulting. I'm so not game. Brad, will this change it? So I listened to a preview on Audible, and the author, who also narrates the whole book, um, is talking about why they wrote it, what's different in their life after this, and also just kind of appealing to people like, hey, this is why you want to read it. It's the forward. Um, and one of the things she advocates is, oh, by the way, I've built a drinking game into the book. Um, at one point, she says there's a safe word, by the way, for anyone who's related to me while they're reading it. Now, the first safe word in the first book was rutabaga. So if you saw the word rutabaga, you could not read. Like, there was like a rule of skip forward to the next chapter because things are about to get interesting. So there's a built-in safe word for her family. Um, it's rutabaga in the first one. It's a it's a it's another root vegetable in this one, but I can't remember what it was. It's an exotic root vegetable. But in addition to that, Brad, there's a drinking game. So if you're on the beach drinking, which she encouraged you to do, every time you read certain things, you're supposed to take a drink. It's an interactive book, Brad. It's too much. Too much. Brad, wait, 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 wait. How's it too much? How's it too much? It's too... No. I... No. No. This is... No, I don't like this. Brad, do you deserve a drink? Yes or no? Yes. How could you not be on board for a book? How are you not game for a book that says that? You deserve a drink. First of all, I don't know about drinking and reading. Brad, people do it all the time. That sounds really hard. I mean, yes. And if you're reading it, see, that's the weird part, too. So reading it, that's one thing. But if this is the audible version of the book okay, or the audio book, yeah. that's possible. I've definitely had drinks and listened to audiobooks. And would it have been more fun if the author got in on the get on the action? It's like, look, I understand you're going to be drinking while you listen to this audiobook. Or maybe sometimes you'll find yourself doing that. Listen with a friend. Let's have a drinking game. Uh, also the incorporation of safe words should we have a safe word in ramjack anytime there's a spoiler that's about to be spoken about we'll say we'll have a safe word (laughs) instead of saying spoilers we have we have a ramjack safe word listen we're we're gonna have a safe word um uh for for um in the future um when joey or vera are listening to this if there's something you don't want them to hear from here on out we'll say rutabaga (laughs) And then they'll know, that they'll know that they want to listen to the next part. No, Brad, they can't. That's the whole part. That's, it's a safe word for them to keep them safe. 
Guys, you couldn't do a, a Ramjack drinking game. If you drank every time I said the word interesting, you would die from alcohol poisoning by the time yeah, the show was you'd over. Be dead. You'd be a corpse. It's something I've tried to be conscious of. I can't stop myself because everything is How interesting could you? to me. How could you? The world, it's an interesting world. Interesting world. Alex, I've got a question for you. What's up? Are you game? Oh, Brad. Okay, the only thing I want to say before we jump onto this new game. Sure. Um, you're right. There's too much stuff going on in this book. It's trying to be everything to everyone, and the fact work. that. In the forward, you sandwich in a safe word and drinking game is insane. This woman has a YouTube channel. She is grading to new levels if you watch any of her stuff. Like, she's just someone that annoys me. Like, even it's someone that I would never hang out with. Like, more power to her. She's making money off of books and YouTube. Be you, girl. Shine. I just, I can't. I can't. And I know Brad just said he's not game. So we're not ga- I'm sorry. Thanks for trying, but I just can't. Brad, I want to know if I'm, what are, what are you, um, what are I got you a proposing? couple of games. They're, they're from Steam. Um, okay. So you can All play right. these on your computer machine. Nice. Um, nice. First one up. Um, Shower with your dad simulator 2015. <laughs> what? I don't know if we've had an update since 2015, but shower with your dad 2015. Um, a little boy character pops onto the screen and he'll be a different color or look every time. When you see what he looks like, pick the dad who happens to be showering and pair up the two. Basically, which child belongs to what father. Um, drag the little boy to his showering father and boom, on to the next one. Oh. <laughs> huh? How's it sound? What do you think? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm not game. Huh. Only because... It's a weird theme... Uh, how realistic is it? Um, I got a video here. I'm scared to play it, but okay. I'm seeing super, super pixelated graphics, uh-huh. which I'm happy to see. Yeah, because you couldn't do this if it was photorealistic. That becomes like I hope an art piece where it's just like, all right, I don't know why we're doing this. It's also censored, so that's good. It's a little racist already. Oh, oh, um, oh maybe, yeah. This maybe is, not. It's very eight bit. Um, it's weird little pixel penises. Oh, you're guiding the child. Yeah. With and you have a ooh, you have a you have dad streak when you connect the dad with a proper child. Yeah. And you're just yeah navigating naked children to their dad showering. Yeah, that's super weird. Um, the the recent reviews are very positive. Um, I I'm I'm skipping this. I don't I don't need to tell you this. I just saw the trail. I just saw how it works. Uh-huh. And uh, that's that's enough. Sometimes you just watch a little let's play and you're like, hey, I'm done. It's also kind of racist. Yeah, it's pretty racist. Just assuming that all these kids have the same skin tone as their father. That's not all about that. Uh, Alright, so we're not game for that. I'm not game either. Uh, what about this game is called What's Under Your Blanket? Oh. Um, what is under your blanket? Um, What's Under Your Blanket has you playing a teenage boy who toodles the noodle in his bedroom and is attempting not to get caught. Uh, random characters who live with you come out of your bedroom door and closet, and if you hear the door opening or they come in, you have to act fast and stop what you're doing to shoo them out of the room. If you get caught, you lose. <laughs> oh. Well, when you said what's under your blanket, I thought that could be take any direction. Mm. But the fact that you're shooing people away while you toodle your noodle, as oh, they say. Gross. Watching the Let's Play, he's chasing a cat out of his room. He chased his sister away. There's also a level where he is at a desk chasing his dad out. He's having a hard time getting his dad out of that room. Dad wanted to use the computer. So weird. It's super weird. 
I guess the goal is to get Philip a meter. Oh, mom caught him. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. I mean, the idea of doing something and not getting caught, I mean, that's a, like a stealth game. There's a there's a level where he's at the hospital. There's a level where he's at the gym. Jeez. Um, there's a sequel to this on Steam. Oh, really? Uh, when I was typing it in, um, it showed up. Uh, it looks like it has slightly better graphics. <laughs> I don't know if I want better. I think I like these <laughs> things being 8-bit. Don't give me any more bits. I don't, I don't know if I need better graphics for what's under your blanket. Um, but this article is... I'm looking at an article from 2016, which is where I found these. Um, Alex, I got one more. So you're not game, or you are game? What's, what's the um, I'm going to be honest. I, again, watching it is more than enough to get the premise, and... All right. I think I'm not. I'm not. Game. I'm obviously. I'm not game. I'm not just thinking. Okay. In the sequel, he's in a park, which takes it Whoa. to a weird level. Criminal. Um, and he competes with someone else. Like, there's another person there that's like he's competing, and he goes worldwide. At one point, he's in Paris. At one point, he is in um, China. It takes it to a. And it, I guess, in Paris, he versus an an artist and like a. Oh, at one point, he also fights Donald Trump. And there's also a co-op mode. Where you and a friend can toodle your noodle under a blanket. It looks like there's six-player co-op multiplayer, and you're all in hospital beds. This is weird. Huh. Not game. All right. This one was game. released March 30th last year. Hmm. Wow. All right. Last game, Alex. Are you game for okay. My Name is Mayo? Hmm. My Name is Mayo. M-A-Y-O. Um, is this going to be about our math teacher? Uh, no, this is about a <laughs> jar of mayonnaise. Um, it's a super simple, uh, ba um, basic clicker game um, where you get to click on a jar of mayonnaise for an endless amount of time. Hmm. But you can put the jar of mayo into different scenarios, like it, like have it rain cats and dogs everywhere, or even make it wear a bikini and some whipped cream. Um, uh -huh. all Give kinds it a hairstyle, things. I'm seeing. Yeah, hairstyle. And you just tap the mayo... And it kind of uh, just kind of uh, um, it jiggles for a second when you when you click it. I don't. I'm not game. <laughs> really? I enjoy games that incorporate, I would say, thrilling gameplay. That's more than just a a tap adventure. Hmm. Plus, it's on the computer. I don't. If I'm going to tap something, I think I would want to do it on my phone now because it's just easier to tap. It's more. Well, I guess there's the click on the mouse on the computer that kind of gives you that satisfying click. But it's a click. It's not like a tap. I don't. I don't understand. Um, I'm not game. I, I'm actually kind of curious about that one. I kind of want to try. Really? It out. Yeah. Well, there's there's elements of it that are slightly intriguing. So there's a disembodied hand, mm -hmm. but it has a watch connected to the wrist. Now, obviously, that could be because someone didn't want to draw the you know the wrist, and the watch is a good way to just like cut that off for a disembodied hand. But also, I wonder if it's supposed to be a meditation. Like, is this, is this like an abstract art piece that I'm not understanding? Like, is that supposed to signify the passing of time and just the... I, I, like, what what is life? It's a lot of questions. What is life other than just tapping a jar of mayonnaise? Um, and I, weird stuff happens. I'm, I am I just sent you a link, Alex, because, uh, um, of course, when I got to the end of the, the Mayo video, um, of course, YouTube pops up suggestions based on things you've looked at. And I got this really awesome video of a, a drink trolley bar cart um, instructional video um, of this guy making this uh, drink cart. And it looks pretty fucking cool. And I really kind of want to make one. Oh, dude. Yeah, this is sweet. Oh, 
So, okay, not game for any of those games. The only thing we're game for, in theory, is this um, get-it-wrong detective game and pay the price or live yeah. with your choices. I'm also game for this uh, drink trolley bar. Cards. That's the thing. Like, definitely, let's get all the... A drill press seems like it'd be really handy. Oh, yeah. Like, a drill press seems like it'd be something that if you were, like, really serious into making anything, they'd be like, yeah, I need to put holes in some stuff so I can attach bolts. I want to weld... And I want to buy a drill press. Dude, uh, dude. Welding is like a, a whole other level of like, I mean, yeah. Oh. Arc welding. I mean, that's kind of, that's dangerous to a point, but it would be awesome to be able to weld. Think of all the cool stuff you could do. Oh, I know. I know. I kind of want one of those like, um, like I have a saw. I have a circular saw. I can cut anything. Yeah. With a pinpoint accuracy. What I can't do though is cut into walls. I'd love like a drywall saw. Because then I could, like, I could put all kinds of stuff in my wall. I could install all kinds of things. Does the painting on the wall suddenly reveal a, a safe? I could do that with a drywall saw. Much easier than I could with my... <laughs> not that I couldn't do it with my uh, my circular saw, but it would just be weird to take a circular saw to a wall yeah. and make the shade. And then I got studs in there. What am I doing? A lathe would be really great. This guy oh. building this cart, like a lathe for God. wood or metal, would be so fucking awesome. I watched like so, three videos of a of like a guy using using a lathe. To, like he was he was making handles for he was he made his own fucking ice pick and like made, was making a handle for it. Dude, Brad. Okay, do you have a Dremel tool? No. Okay, so I don't have one either. And I I went into I had They're a problem. Cheap. Oh, yeah, they're super cheap. Um, so the problem I had, I think, did I mention this on the show or not? I don't remember. I was, we redid our utility room, took down the old cabinets and shelves, and there was one screw that I could not get out of the wall. And I tried a lot of different things. And I thought, I can't get this out. And it's keeping me from getting this cabinet out. And I need to get the cabinet out. Can I just saw this? Like, how am I, what's the best way to like, just get the head off this thing so I can slide off the cabinet and then try to get this off in another way? Um, part of me was going to get like a drill to like actually like saw a hole in the back of the cabinet, which I did not do, thankfully. But then I, Emily's sister, my sister-in-law, um, let me borrow her Dremel tool that has like a little saw on it for cutting metal. Um, we still have it borrowed. Dremel tools are awesome. Like I was yeah. thinking, there's so many things you can do with this little oh, guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I could do some cool... I, there's some stuff... But when I was like cutting through a screw, this this screw was huge. Like, like it was really thick. It took forever. Like it took five minutes for me to actually get this thing like oh. sawed, like just the head of it off. And sparks were flying fucking everywhere. Like obviously because it's just strong metal. I wasn't prepared for the shower of like sparks. I was a little worried. I was a little scared. But um, yeah, it made me be like, oh yeah, I need to get a dribble tool. I need yeah. to buy my own of these. That's small. Like it, you could do some stuff with a Dremel tool, man. Anywhere. Sure. On your lunch break, break it out and just start doing Dremeling. Not sure how much woodwork you can do though, but interesting. So yes, definitely game. But this guy's doing all kinds of stuff. Do you see this thing where he's like got the saw, the table saw, and he's like putting? Um, well, now he's like cutting the whole thing in half. Interesting woodwork. I applaud him. What the fuck is this other thing? Oh, okay, that's a belt sander. Yeah. Dude, join like a maker facility because i know they're everywhere yeah. cincinnati has a few where it's just like come here pay a very small fee and you can use whatever you want here it's yeah. a safe space for you maker but then you but, gotta deal with all those makers yeah that's, that's the thing i don't want to deal with people i want this to be a quiet solitary experience 
where like I I like I go to my garage or my my shed and I just fucking like put on the headphones and I I fucking make something out of wood. It's fucking great, and I just... The only thing that breaks that dream a little bit, it's not like a huge thing, is how many splinters do these people get? They don't tell you about the splinters. Hey, you got this awesome, um, what is this? Uh, uh, trolley bar cart. But I got five wooden splinters in my hands from it. But that's like a battle scar. That's like, that's par for the course. It's like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. Definitely. No problem. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. Guys, there's a lot of ways you can get in contact with the show. Go to our website, ramjackpodcast.com. There's ways ways to get at us through email or voicemail. Um, also join the Facebook group. That's a wonderful place to go and hang out. All right, get a voicemail here. Hello, Ramjack. This is Paul Mackey in Duluth, Minnesota. Hey, I've got... Uh it's a, kind of a monster. I don't think it probably rises to the level of actually getting on the brackets during your uh, April anarchy, but I had to share anyway. So today I was at the YMCA walking on the 116th mile walking oval that they have there um, because it's the middle of winter, it's really cold, and nobody shovels. Or very few people shovel for some reason, so it's all snow drifts and and sheets of ice to walk on so we go to the Y and uh, the walking oval is just like the top floor of the building and it's just uh, you know it's a tiny little one sixteenth of a mile just uh, the floor is like school linoleum like you know like a like at your uh, at your middle school and uh, and speaking of middle school there was a guy that looked uh, a lot like a, like a middle school principal there also walking and uh he was actually dressed like a middle school principal. Uh, he had his uh, blue Oxford shirt and uh, and khakis, uh, completed khakis. Well, you know, khakis with creases pressed into them, pressed khakis. And um, you know, he was walking around. He'd, he'd walk one one little lap and then drink out of a cup and then walk another little lap and drink out of a cup. I was like, he's keeping hydrated. It tur- turned out the cup was coffee. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. Bare feet. Oh, what? At the gym on the walking track. Oh. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you think of that? Talk to you later. Bye. Ooh, I, I was about to call Bye. Paul out because I was like, Paul, that's not a monster. It's a guy wearing khakis and, and drinking coffee every time he makes a lap, which is weird, but whatever. But bare feet. So, wait. Pressed khakis to have a pleat. But no shoes or socks. Barefoot walking Gross. this mile. That is that disgusting. Is, that's a monster. That's not that's a junior bracket monster. monster. That's that's a monster, yeah, Paul. Well done. Yeah. Well done. I love the delivery, like the bearing. I was like, yeah. Yeah, nice oh, work. by nice the way, work. well nice done, work, Paul. Paul. This voicemail is getting played. <laughs> oh, I, yikes! Yikes, indeed. That's crazy. That is. That's absolutely upsetting. I, I genuinely hope I don't come across any monsters on my trip oh, to the Ramjack, but I mean, I'm going, yeah, going to Florida. To, you're going to Disney World on a Saturday. So, but... By the way, can I also I'm hoping say, to commute. Go ahead. Uh, Paul's talking about um, snowdrifts, and I'm like, snowdrifts? It's 86 degrees here. Fuck, I'm so jealous. It's 71 degrees here, and it's in the it's at 10 o'clock at night. So we're starting, we're supposed, it's supposed to rain pretty much for the next five days and then get cold again. But yeah, 
Snowdrifts would be pretty sweet. Seriously. Thank you so much for sharing, Paul. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Brad, thank you. Always a pleasure, friend. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Um, We may or may not watch Manimal for the next episode. I guess we'll play that by ear, but we'll eventually watch more Manimal, so it's a... Guys, uh, listen, Mar- March is coming up. March is the third month. What does that mean for the podcast? Hmm. Hmm. Listen, February was uh, was love. It was the mini loves of Dobie Gills. January was pilot season. What's March? The third month? We'll see. Third time's the charm? Hmm. Third wheels? Hmm. Media about third wheels. I, I'm just trying to think of other themes we could throw out. I'm trying, I'm trying to entice the audience to stay tuned Ooh. with any type. Uh, there could be tons of secret themes. Secret themes. Triads. Three could mean all kinds of things. True. True. <laughs> wedge shapes. <laughs> it could be the month of the shadow person. It's the was... month of the shadow person wedge. <laughs> the old shadow person trio. Um, the next episode obviously will be live from the uh, the Ramjack meetup. As of recording, tickets are still available. <laughs> But they're gonna be getting they're gonna be really getting real scarce, so you may wanna you may wanna start dropping some money um um immediately. If you're listening to this, you can still drop the money. Um we'll give you we'll give you we'll give you um the tickets. You may miss the event, but you can have the commemorative ticket to put in a shadow Ooh. box on your wall. Interesting. Yeah. Alex, um I know by the time this podcast airs um, you will, you you will already. Uh, you'll probably be uh, on your way back to Ohio, but you know you're gonna be spending a lot of time in the airport. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot a lot of places you might stop and grab a snack. Um, yeah. And I just think I'm hoping uh, um, you'll be able to do some reporting for the podcast and find the answer to the question everybody's been wondering. What, what is graphing on a No joke, I still want a hot dog now. Like, I had forgotten about the hot dog. It's seriously, friend. Well, now I want a hot dog again. I'll just uh, grab a empty a pencil sharpener on top of it and uh, get us an answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I bought a pencil sharpener recently. Like, uh, um, they have a new tech where it's like suction cup mounted to wherever you put it, but it's an old school, like, hand crank pencil sharpener. Joey has pencils he does school work with. It's one of my favorite purchases of February so far because... I fucking love that thing. Nice. <laughs> the suction thing works really freaking well. Like, it's weird. Like, as a kid, if I'd have seen that, it would have been like, this sucks because it probably wouldn't have worked as well. But in 2018, we have the technology to suction cup these things everywhere. Nice. And it's great. I've always loved pencil sharpeners because as someone who drew as a child and having having a sharp point was something I always wanted. And those yeah. fucking hand sharpeners just don't do it. Yeah. They just don't. But those, that sharpener, Ooh. loving it. Nice. I do have everything here to find out what graphene tastes like on a hot dog. Well. <laughs> but it's not the same. It's too much graphene. It's not the single layer of atoms of graph- graphite on my food. It's different. It's too much. But is one layer enough? Is one atom thick enough to affect the taste? I don't know. Rice University, what are you doing? Talk to us. Get, get those answers, Rice. Answer the people's questions. Don't make me get CNN on this. I will take this to Twitter. Hey, Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> find the answer. It's not like you're doing anything else important fucking loser. (laughs) 